is Rowena Dooley asking Soul citizens to report for duty. Greetings, greetings, welcome back to Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back. Today is Sunday, August 27th. We're almost at the end of August, and uh, just three days to go, and we are really happy to be here with you guys, and I am joined again with another illustrious group of co-hosts. Joining us today for our subject, the future of AI, but let me introduce to you, not the AI, but the real people themselves. Uh, let me start on my left or your right or whichever way it is to Cal Roddy. How are you, my friend? Hey, hey, Griffin. I'm keeping my mic close here. You know, I'm learning my lesson, folks. So it is happy. I'm happy to be here. I'm not taking any chances because I was telling them... Discord's telling me one thing, and they they're hearing me clearly now, but I ain't taking any well, chances. You know, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, we don't want you to have. To, we don't want you to hold that mic. Do me a favor. Put the mic where it normally is. Let's just do a quick sound check, and let's see what the chat says. Okay. Uh, All right. Do you go ahead, Cal Roddy? Give us a little a little soliloquy or a song or something so they can hear whether you're cutting out. All right, <clears throat> Mr. Sandman. All right, see? Bring me a dream. You sound good. You sound good. Okay, you sound good. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see if it okay, holds out. Cool. If, it, if, if it doesn't hold out, we'll have you pick it up. Envoy70, thank you for that sub. You're kicking us off already. 22 months Ooh. as a faithful follower. We really appreciate that. Thank you for the support. We really do. Thank everybody for being here, by the way. Got to see some shout-outs in here. Charles DCI is here. Ryu's here. Pops and Space is here. Abdi's here. Dropped Yoga. Good to see you, Dropped. Good to see you, buddy. I met dropped um, at the uh, Chicago Bar Citizen a couple weeks ago. Uh, Shetucky's here. Haven't seen Shetucky in a while. Good to see you. The, the big toe of Satan. I have not seen that name in so long. Your name, I never forget it. I never forget that name when I see it. And I haven't seen that name in so long. Oh, my God. All right. So, um, anyway, also to my right, to your left, vice versa, whichever way it goes, is the man himself, Fast Cart FC. How are you? I'm doing well, and, and I'm I'm happy to hear that you that you're asking for audition for singing because you know I I love to sing. Bro. No, so, I didn't ask for yeah, an audition. I, I, I asked for a sound check. <laughs> Big difference. Oh boy. Sound check. Sound check. Okay. I, I know well, you're ready to do the uh, what's the called uh, uh, America's Got Talent for me. I know you're ready to bust out. I know you've been holding I do that. want to say I, I for one welcome my AI overlord. Oh, what was that, Skippy? Oh, yes, Magnificent One. Yeah. I was just informed that it's too soon to reveal that information. Just ignore what I just said. Mm -hmm. Okay, we will do that. Oh, boy, who is this now? Charles DCI, thank you for the seventh month sub. Thank you so much. And again, oh, good to see you. Oh, I will say, I'm, 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 I'm happy to do this show today because it's two days before Judgment Day, August 29th, 1997. Yeah. Time oh, flies by, that. right? Time flies by. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, as you guys see, the title of our shoot, uh, shoot. Our show <laughs> is the future of AI. <clears throat> um, interestingly enough, we came up with this a while back before the big chat GPT AI thing I, I, became a subject. I think I came up with this in our first year, maybe. <laughs> it was a while back. Yeah, we talked about this. And we've been we've been holding off on it for a while because 
as you guys know, CIG has been in this development process of AI. And for most of us who've been around any length of time, when you said AI, what you saw was basically that A on the screen, a big T pose. That was about the most that we saw when it came to AI. So we decided to go back and talk about what CIG has promised to us, um, not just in the area of AI, um, but more along the lines of all the, how can I describe this? All the things that will make our quality of life better in the universe, all the different items, computer related, uh, AI related, uh, that will be brought into the game. Some of which we have very few, but then even more that CIG is planning. Some of these you may, may have never even heard of some of them. You've seen them, but maybe you just didn't know that's what they were going to do. So hopefully we're going to guide you through this tour of, of, of technology basically. And hopefully you'll learn something from it and hopefully we'll learn something from it as well. Um, so before we get into that, we want to, as always mention our charity fundraiser we're doing for St. Jude for play live. We began this back in June. Uh, you guys have been wonderful in helping us move toward our goal of $10,000 raised for St. Jude children's hospital. It's an ambitious goal. We know that, but we know that you all are ambitious folk. Um, right now we are at 2000, $150. We moved up a little bit since Saturday. Thank you, Saturday Giver. I'm sorry I didn't see it until the end of the show, but thank you so much if you're here. Uh, and we want to move that dial just a little bit more. Uh, right now we are exactly 700, is it 700? $850, right. $850 away. 850, yeah. From our next goal of $3,000. We want you guys to help us get to that $3,000 mark. Cal Roddy, if we get $3,000, do you remember what happens? Do you remember? I have no idea. Remind me, Griff. You got to be here for 12 <laughs> hours. That's what's going to happen. You got to be here for 12 hours. 12 hour live stream. Oh, we man. Have to do I remember 12, that. Uh, yes, okay, I'll, have to I'll be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> I'll be ready. All right. Woo. We have to do a 12 hour live stream uh, with guests, with giveaways, all types of great stuff. No, Kai, you better quit and bring that hot tub stream up because it ain't happening. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my gold Kai, shirt. No. Yeah. You can always just have that. It's waterproof. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, right. Uh, so not for 3000 Go ahead. Go ahead, Vince Carter. My my card is not is not waterproof, so no hot tub. Not happening. Not, not no. happening. Okay. <laughs> so we we want you guys to first of all, if you if you have given, as always, we appreciate you for doing that. If you aren't able to give, we completely understand that. Uh, but we would ask that you would let people know about the particular fundraiser. They don't have to necessarily be people who watch our show, our stream, uh, but you could, but they do know about St. Jude Children's Hospital. So if you've got family members, anybody like that, you want to tell them, hey, there's some fundraising being done for St. Jude. Here's a link. The barcode is there. The link is there. We put it on Twitter. You guys send it out to folks. People will give, believe it or not. People are generous, whether it's $5, $500. We know people will give. So we really want to encourage you to get the word out get the word out. But listen, I would love to see us make that $3,000 thing happen by mid-September. That's what I would love to see happen. If we can do that by first week, actually first week of September, but let's say second week of September, then we are going to be so pumped to pull off a 24-hour live stream during that same month, and we are going to have a lot of fun with it. So we want to pass that on to you guys, okay? Um, okay, let's uh, get ready to jump into this. Okay, two things about this show. One, there's going to be a lot of reading, and then there's going to be a lot of pictures, so pictures and reading, but there's going to be a lot of reading. I'm letting you know that now. So we're going to put a link in chat. When we put that link in, we want you all to follow that link because that's where we're getting our information from. Now, as you guys know, uh, RSI's website is not always timely. 
you know, there's a lot of stuff there that is old as dirt. It's been around since 2014, 2015. Um, some stuff is fairly new and it's been updated. But let me say this about the website. We, a lot of times people say, oh, just don't take it for a grain of salt, blah, 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 you know, blah, blah. But for those of you who remember Calrati, Fast Cart, when Death of a Spaceman came out, right? And when we finally got Death of a Spaceman, I would say personally, it's about 85, 90% of what they said. Would you agree. guys agree, roughly? I agree. Calrati, yeah, yeah. what do you think? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. We're going to say. I know. I was just going to say I totally agree. Um, so far, so so good. You know, um, the time at which they've been able to execute it has not been, you know, the short period of time that we would have hoped. But I think mm -hmm. the, ac the accuracy of the execution has been along the lines of what they've been, um, yeah. what, what they've been aiming toward. And that's one of the oldest docs on the site. So my point is, is that, I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, because it's eight years old or seven years old, CIG's not doing it anymore. But I also wouldn't say, hey, whatever you see there, they're going to do 100%. I think that everything was based on vision and what they would like to do. And so we are going to keep that in mind with the subjects that we talk about today, because some of these items that we're talking about are not actively in the game. Even if the items are in the game, their function is not necessarily in the game. So we want you to keep that in mind. <clears throat> pardon me, pardon me. Fastcart just subscribed for 24 months. Who's this nope, Fastcart guy? Dog. Was it Thrakazog? He gave you a gift? Oh, he gave you a gift yep. sub. Okay, I'm looking at the wrong page. Sorry, you know. Speaking of which, <laughs> you know thank, you, thank you, Thrakazog. Thank you, Thrakazog. Thank you, Oh, man, really? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that as always. Okay. Oh, God. Two hours worth of the Imperial Death March. Let's go colossal. The Sith has entered. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump into this with you guys, and we're going to give you an intro. And then we're going to read to you an interesting disclaimer that CIG put out uh, in, re in relation to this information that we're sharing with you guys, okay? So in the intro here, it says there are, there are everything from the consoles that you will see lining the command center of the Bengal carrier, the small touchscreen monitors in the cockpit of your ship. These primarily have standard touchscreen interfaces with virtual keyboards, not mechanical. So we know that for most of the interface that they want to create for most of these items are going to be touchscreen based. That's a, a lot of it. Now, obviously there's some things that you ain't going to be touchscreen. Like for example, the monitor, or the, 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 the monitor that's in um, G-Lock bar, right? If you want to change the channels, I mean, they're not going to be doing that, but they are saying that there is going to be an interface uh, that we'll be doing. Some of you guys know we have that for the Moby glass. You have it for your MFDs and your ships. That's going to be something that's going to be throughout the game. And all the items that were, most of the items that we're going to be listing are that type of interface. Okay. Now, let me read to you this disclaimer, or I'll give it to Calrati. Calrati, could you please read CIG? Now, by, this is on CIG's website. We didn't make this up. So go ahead and read that, Calrati. <clears throat> all right, all right. So CIG disclaimer. All right. We're going to caveat the hell out of this one. This will not be a complete breakdown of in-game mechanics or technology. We're going to take a stab at fleshing out and explaining some of the tech that's been used in the stories as well as attempting to address some of the ones you have been asking about in your comments. Please remember, this will be a fiction-based breakdown of Star Citizen technology. First, we're going to list some categories, including some from your comments, and explain the presence of non or non-presence of the technology. Thank you for that. So in other words, don't blame soul citizens for anything that we say here today. Because <laughs> CIG saying exactly. this is stuff that is based on their stories and their lore. But again, some of this stuff 
has actually entered into the Star Citizen universe. It may not be working, but we do see that it's in there. So we just want you guys to keep that in mind. Okay, let's go to this very first one here. Uh, the wall screens. Uh, the wall screen is exactly what it sounds like. A thin, flexible sheet that'd be custom fitted to any size wall and acts as a combination of television and computer. Most touchscreens, but the higher end models can track users' hand commands from anywhere in the room, either through dynamic motion mapping software or infrared remote. Um, this is kind of interesting because they mention this as like a wall screen, but you can use your hands to to control it just by moving your hands. Is that what I'm reading, guys? Does that sound like what it said? I think so. Mm. See so, where it says the higher I... in, the higher end units can track hand commands from oh. anywhere in the room. So I was I remember when I first read this, I, it took me back to I can't remember the name of the device uh, that came about many years ago in Rio. And um, it was something that allowed you to um, wrap around, you know, your wrist mm -hmm. and kind of based on your motion, you mm -hmm. can, that will allow you to, you know, right. do things like um, 3D design and those things. So when right. I read that, that actually brought me back, okay, is that something similar to what they're referring to? So that's what I thought. Yeah, you know, they actually. Wait, wait, is Kawaii Web referring to the Nintendo Power Glove? Is that, is that what I'm No, saying? no. <laughs> no. But something, um, sim but it something, was, similar, something similar. Something yeah. similar. Because what I was thinking of, like what we saw in Iron Man, but Iron Man did it in a 3D space mm -hmm. versus yeah. here, they're just saying that you can control it from a, you yeah. know, with a, it's not a 3D, you know, uh, screen. Um, and again, I'm not sure where this would be used at. Now, there are some personal areas with large screens. Um, Ships like the 600 have a large screen uh, in in their like social area. Uh, what fast car was that? What are you thinking about? Now we're gonna say you can do it on a ship, like or in like some places have those um, those holographic tables and stuff like that. But if you don't have enough room, you can just put it on screen. Yeah, but this is a, but this is a, but this is a wall it. screen. There, we, we're gonna talk about the the globes and stuff. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. I'm saying, like, but oh. instead of, instead of, instead of having the hologram, you can do it on a screen. You don't have enough room. Like a smaller, like a smaller. Uh, uh, multi crew ship, maybe, maybe like uh, bigger than a freelancer, or maybe like translation size. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm I'm just trying to go by again what they're saying here. This only the higher end models have the hand control thing. So, and I don't know yeah. what that means. Higher end doesn't necessarily mean it has to be big, right? It could be on a like it could be a Phoenix, right? I mean, it's a higher end ship. Yeah, I, that's what I'm model. saying exactly. Right. I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking yeah. exactly. For oh, like the Phoenix. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's the case. But anyway, these wall screens. Uh, we'll have to see what CIG does with these. If they ever pop up. Now, we do know wall screens have been implemented in various parts of the game. Uh, the old, the, uh, let's say the old Port Olisar. The almost old Port Olisar, when you go into the area <laughs> where you call your ships up, has a really big wall screen in there. Now, it didn't have it back in the day, but there's one there that runs advertising for Crusader. Um, and there are other places where there are these type of screens. Uh, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this, you know. We, we get information for when the, um, what is it, when uh, Invictus is going on, it tells us when the fleet is moving from one location to another. Yeah. Those pop up on wall screens, okay. But uh, anyway, we'll see. Uh, what was something crazy Reload said in here earlier that made me laugh? I can't remember No, don't, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 it was just something crazy he said. It wasn't what he said here, it was something earlier he oh. said. Um, anyway, I won't, I won't. 
Hang too much looking for because so much stuff is going on. But, um, by. yeah, Ken from Chicago said Samsung has a phone that, um, had used hand gestures. And, 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 and as far as I know, Samsung phone devices still, still can use hand gestures. Mm -hmm. You gotta set it in, in, in a setting. So, yep. yeah. Yep. I remember that when I had a Samsung, it took gestures, which was pretty cool. Okay. All right. So that's the wall screens. Uh, let's move on to something that folks are familiar with, and that's the Mobi Glass. Um, you know, Fastcart, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we did the RSI website. Uh, show that a lot of people don't know that the Mobi Glass is designed to be an integral part of both the real world and the game world. Um, mm -hmm. That, okay, when we talked about the RSA website, because Pops raised this as a question, he, he talked about, they were talking about how intuitive the website was as to trying to find things on it and why it was difficult. And if you go on the website, if you look in the area, Calrati, where you're looking for like the star map and spectrum and all that, yeah, it doesn't say menus, it says app. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know that that's supposed to be because it ties into the Mobi Glass, which is also be driven by apps. And the Mobi Glass actually can be possibly, they've talked about it being customizable. So you can have different type of apps that would run on the Mobi Glass. Um, let me, I'll read this one. Uh, one of two types of mobile computing, uh, mobile computing made by Microtech have become the standard of daily life. This smaller handheld device unifies your messaging, spectrum updates, banking transactions, personal communications, etc. It's the futuristic equivalent of the smartphone. Everyone's got one of these things. You will be lost without it. In fact, the UEE almost requires you by law to have one. You won't go to jail for not having one, but the UEE quickly realized that that uh, these tools could be incredibly helpful for census taking and general sociological anthropological studies. We're in the process of designing how the Mobi Glass actually looks. It is strictly a hand handheld like like a smartphone, or there are there I'm sorry, are there carrier housing for it, like a wrist forearm mount? For the time being, assume that it's a very very thin rectangular sheet of plexiglass. Now, back in the day, guys, that's what the Mobi Glass was supposed to be. Now, the Mobi Glass, as you guys know, is similar to what I have on here, a Fitbit. It's not as big as my Apple Watch. It's more like a Fitbit. Okay. Now, I found it interesting about this, guys, this particular item, because uh, the UEE wants UEE people to wear one. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think there's some game-related um, tie-ins there with where what happens if you wear your Mobi Glass versus if you don't wear your Mobi Glass? Will Mobi Glasses be hackable will people be able to find you if you're wearing your mobile glass or not find you if you don't wear it you guys got any thoughts on that they're gonna lock you up if you don't wear your mobile glass it's it's for control <laughs> don't give in people this is the it's these the, are remnants the of man. the messery gene yeah. <laughs> yeah i was thinking something similar i was like i mean if, if the ue tries to make that into law there's gonna be a whole lot of people saying no i'm not gonna do it because you want me to so yeah there could be a, a whole lot of uh what is it tinfoil hat people who who, who say that mobile glass is, is controlling them or, or bad news so yeah, I I could see I could I I would see them not saying, not making it a law per se, but I mean if it's hard if it's it's like a smartphone it's hard to get get, get through life without one. So I mean it, they're they're better off not making a law. But yeah, I would say that if you're if you're on a run, 
you would take out a battery or, 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 or power it down so people can find you and, and power it up when, when you need for information or whatever. So, yeah, I, I can see some, some gameplay elements, but I don't think, I don't know, well, currently we don't have a way to power them down, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. We don't even have a way to take them off. We have a way to change them. Yeah, we don't them. have a way to take them off. And that's yeah. just because you're changing yeah. the color of them, right? I'm I'm curious as to whether or not this is going to expand because let's let's just uh, mind you guys. We're, as we said in our disclaimer, CIG's just talking about this. We do know that this is in game. At this time, it wasn't. Well, when they wrote this up, it was an idea. Now we do have them in game, so at least we can play a little bit with this idea. We know that CIG has talked about them being customizable. Fast car, if you lived in Levski and you ain't that crazy about the UEE, but the Moby Glass is your way to communicate transact and other things will there be possibly some type of hack um or oh, maybe a mod a mod yeah yeah that'd be interesting that would be mm -hmm. interesting uh we'll see where they go with this uh yeah you know cal Roddy, i, I, mean, I, I mm -hmm. go ahead. and and i can imagine like you know there's different tiers of mobile glass like some of the some of the basic you have a basic module mobile glass that you know a not a flagship phone, but then you can go up to a flagship mobile glass. They does all, they have all, all the building rentals. It depends on how much money you want to spend on it. Well, how about this? Remember when we saw the the view of Jax when he was in the marketplace at Pyro? Mm -hmm. What happens if there's some type of contraband type of mobile glass that you could buy? That's you know what I mean. The outlaws kind of have that's not tied to the UEE. Um, you know, it costs a lot of money to get it or somebody or modified, right? I mean, or even modified, right? Uh, there's a lot of different ways. I'm just saying this could be more than just about, you know, reading a message or calling up your ship uh, and it could have impact in the game that there could be some negatives too, right? If you're not tied in, there could be negatives too, you know. And you brought up, brought up an interesting point with that, uh, with that uh, uh, video because Jack McClee was streaming that whole time that's but right I'm, I'm wondering if, that, if that's going to be a, a thing in, 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 well, in the future well, remember we talked about that he was using a moby glass to stream and this is the moby mm -hmm. 2 but if you guys remember there was a moby before this one cig did an upgrade when we got the uh at the frontline store what's it called the oh, i can't think of the name of the store now but anyway you guys know where i'm oh, talking yeah, about front line, yeah he's the front line yeah the apple store okay when we got that the moby 2 came out which was when they added all the colors and everything. It was supposed to be an upgraded version of the original Moby. If you've never read the history on the Moby, uh, when you go there, they do have the history of it at that store. So take a look at Frontline. Yeah, take a look at it when you guys get a chance, okay? But that's the Moby glass, okay? Now, there is another glass that's in the game, and it's actually called the glass. I don't know if you guys remember this one. Um, Bascar, why don't you read that one for us? <clears throat> okay, so glass. The larger of the two models, think of it as an iPad to the mobile class iPhone, offers more surface area to work with and a more robust computing power, but otherwise offers similar features as the mobile class. Okay. Um, I'm curious about these. Um, it's in the frontline store downstairs. They got a bunch of them lined up on the wall. Um, I'm really curious to see, you know, these are handheld pads. Now, there are missions in the game currently. Remember uh, Cal Roddy when you used to go over to do the Kovalex mission? There were those floating yeah. tablets that were over there. You know, they, they some yeah. of us may not have connected it, but that's basically what these were. Um, people were able to pull up their email on them, information on them. Um, I don't know. What are some other uses that you guys see? Like, what would be so purpose of having this versus the Moby Glass? 
I'm curious. Uh, better resolution when when you when you want to when you want to watch content in game. That's yeah, that's one thing I can only say. Uh, it, it, it is portable, right? So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like a tablet. It's like a tablet. It's like a tablet. So mm -hmm. yeah, that that, that uh, it's the same in the real world. Yeah. But I, I think most people. I think most players will probably just get away with just having a mobile glass, not not bother with, with you know, glass. You know what I'm wondering about? Whether or not something like this might be put to use for someone like an engineer, where they're able to see the mm. systems on their ship, how they're running, if they're away from a console. You know, I just wonder if they could tie in things like that, some other reason for having something that's handheld like that. Or, like, look at that. Look at what Ken says. Ken, I like that. Ken says the glass could be used for hacking. Or storing tons of data. That's right? a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Data, downloading downloading in from data from someplace else if you go somewhere and you want to hack. Nice one, Ken. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Um and you yeah. can you can transport the data from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah, or just yeah, or just or sell it, right? You know, here's the tablet. Yeah. And I can just give you the tablet, you know, and you take it and go what you gotta do with it. You upload it where you want. Because I know we've got to figure out ways to pass data back and forth beyond the crypto key. You know, crypto key is okay, yeah, but yeah. you know, we'll see. Crypto, I can't read a yeah. crypto key. I need something to look at it and I can tell <laughs> that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give me a crypto yeah. key and it's got pictures of your picnic or something on it. That's not good. <laughs> All right. So, I, would, hmm? I would definitely say that, um, you know, these kinds of pads are um, smart gamified ways of untethering the information from uh, your Moby glass, especially when it comes to data gathering, just like, um, you know, Chat had, had had explained when it comes to interacting with ships, such as uh, what is the fastest? What is the data runners again? We have the MSR, and we also have the Drake um, Herald, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, Herald, so yeah. apart from from scanning and such, you know how how are the ideas or how are the ideas going back and forth with regards to downloading downloading the information from somewhere and inputting it for data storage. For you know, in terms of okay, we have to transport it from one point to another. Mm -hmm. So these can be good ways of actually, you know, transferring that kind of information as it has to do with these data gathering ships as well. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad you brought up the MSR today because the, the MSR is up, for, is up for voting. So vote for the MSR, people with behind and voting. Okay? MSR, not so ready, guys. Wait, this, wait. this competition has been. Wait, wait, wait. What's, the, what's the MSR <laughs> running up against? What's it up against? Yesterday was a turtle. There yeah. may not be a lot of people. I don't know. I mean, the MSR has had its day. I don't know. The M yeah, it's had its day. I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm MSR all day, every day. No. Okay. All I know is I'm glad the turtle won yesterday. That's all I got to yes. say. I'm tired of caring. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Let's take a look at this next one here. Uh, Karate, would you read that one? AI and flight computers? Sure thing. So AI and flight computers, as we've hinted at in a pair of dispatches here and here, there aren't really AI in Star Citizen that will fly your ship. Uh, Janus is an exception. While you can set your computer to rudimentary autopilot and to handle other basic functions, flight computers are there to assist the pilot, not take control themselves. Realistically, Spaceflight in the 30th century would probably be handled by computers or AI that are capable of making calculations and flying at a level vastly superior to human control and space combat. And space combat would probably happen within dro with drones and between two ships on opposite sides of a system. We're making a stylistic decision to forego that for the rush of those ship-to-ship -ship dogfighting. Okay, now... I think this is an important statement because 
every once in a while, someone will say, well, you know, in the 30th century, they wouldn't be. <laughs> exactly. And, and so, you know, in the 30th century, we'd be talking to our ship. In our 30th century, we wouldn't really be having it. Yes. In other words, CIG knows that. And they have yeah. chosen to keep us in the 21st century. Okay. So flipping switches, mechanics. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be cool to get into like, okay, here's a comparison. CIG's giving you the best of both worlds. You can get into the Gatak with the Xi'an technology on its little docking ramp and it'll float up invisibly into your ship. Or you can get into the Drake Corsair and crank the metal handles and go if you want to and go up that way, okay? But, you know, every once in a while, I keep hearing these comparisons about, well, you know, and it's like, yeah, we know, we know, we know ships wouldn't be with aerodynamic and wings. And we, we know, and CIG knows. That's my point, guys. So enjoy what they create. I know sometimes it would be cool to have a flying saucer and that's something that looked like a World War II fighter. I get it. But just understand that they have done that because they've chosen that for their style. Um, Calrati, go ahead, go ahead, Fescar. But to the point of, of, of this description, uh, there are plenty of um, sci-fi novels, or I haven't seen any um, um, other media, but I definitely read, read some sci-fi novels where in the, it's in the future and ship-to-ship -ship fight, fighting is controlled by AI because they, everyone is flying at re re relativistic speeds, closer to the speed of light. Yeah. So it's too fast for humans to handle, but it's just fine for computers to do it. So mm -hmm. everything happens in the blinking of eyes and and yeah, ships can be destroyed and, and you won't know it <laughs> because it's, it's going so fast. So yes, I can see where, where it's good. To, it's good to read about and maybe watch on, on, on TV, but not maybe participate in, in a game. Yeah. I mean, you guys already know this. Chris Roberts is a huge Star Wars fan. And I'm sure he has been thrilled and chilled watching the battles where there are 100 TIE fighters against 80 X-Wings and sees the, everything's lightning fast and speed. But the reality is that for gameplay, you know, they have to put it in a different perspective. And none of us have the lightning reflexes of Anakin Skywalker. Let's call it for what it is. So none of us have the force. So they have to make it within an aspects of gameplay. Um, Cal Roddy, I want to touch on this a little bit because most of you guys know master modes are kicking in. And so there are some changes to flight controls that are coming up in this, this patch that we have. Those of you who've been in 320, you already know there have been some major changes that are coming in there. Um, but the computers are still, our, our, it doesn't seem like it maybe, but our ships are still kind of computer assisted, right? With aiming, with flight, all that stuff. Cause we don't really think about it. It's, it's such a, it's such a built-in system that we don't think about when we're moving airlines and rudders and all this other stuff and thrusters are firing, that there are actually computers that are computing all that information. Right, Cal Roddy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For example, one of the changes um, that was made um, with respect to the whole, um, you know, firing system and how, quote-unquote, AI is, is assisting with it in a gamified sense is the unification of the um the weapon um you know ports uh, we don't really have size down or downsized gimbals anymore so mm -hmm. what the system is doing based on uh gimbal versus fixed is actually slowing down um until said changes or other changes are made 
um, it's actually slowing down the rate of fire mm -hmm. um, uh, for if you choose to use auto gimbal now versus right. if you choose to switch to keybind for fixed. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't know if they're going to actually, for example, use AI um, for AI blades, for example, um, to instead of attaching that to a keybind, if that's going to be something that's going to be integrated using AI or some kind of AI blade in the future. But, you know, this is the direction that they've chosen um, to show the difference between auto gimbal and fixed. So with regards to AI, is that something that, that they're going to integrate into a gamified sense that you can change? And as a result, is that something that someone can disable and hack? We don't know, but um, that's one of the examples that possibly can be affected um, by, you know, AI. Absolutely. So just you guys will know those ships that we play in game are what they call fly by wire. It's basically however you move the stick or whatever the ship responds to you. I feel good. Thank you, Reload. 17 months. Thank, Thank you, Reload. You, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, but but we do have flight computers in our ships. Um, but as CIG said, that they don't have it where, you know, NPCs and things are going to be flying your ships for you per se. Per se. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say real quickly that you, we have quantum travel. That, that's controlled by, by, yes, by computation. Mm -hmm. so, you, so you wouldn't want a human trying to comp compute that all, all by hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, you might fly through the planets a little too many, often, too much often, too often if you did. So, yeah, that's a good point. Best. More often than we do now. Yeah, all, right. yeah. <laughs> all righty. Let's uh, do this next one here. Uh, this is a long read here. Genetic engineering and eugenics. This hasn't been an extensively discussed. This has not been extensively discussed yet, since it falls primarily in the fiction and doesn't directly apply to the game yet. Thank you, Citizen Var. Appreciate that. Five. Oh, is it five gifts? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Citizen Var. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe there will be in some kind of resource to be utilized from this. Don't we? This don't know. We've been running with the notion that there has been significant advances in genetic engineering, mostly used to minimize any kind of genetic predispositions that could be harmful or fatal. There's probably a money-based sliding scale on this, i.e. a poor family in the slums of prime might have access to only the most rudimentary gene coding for their children, while the more affluent could probably pick and choose genetic attributes traits of their unborn children. Eugenics, selective breeding, occurs, but that term itself still carries a bit of a stigma to it. The UEE doesn't support eugenics policies, even though it does support a variety of genetic engineering programs and grants. When confronted about this apparent hypocrisy, watch the wizardry of spin to slip out of it. So this idea of eugenics, um, it, you know, we don't have anything in the game for that, anything about uh, how you will come back. We know that right now with Death of a Spaceman, there's this aspect of, uh, your DNA has been saved and you're cloned and you're brought back. Uh, but there isn't anything that says you're going to be able to, you know, come back green-eyed or come back huskier or taller or shorter. There's nothing like that in the game uh, as far as we know. Now, and, what were you going to say, Fascar? They have said in the past that, um, you know, how you mentioned death for the space man, like you have a, a certain amount of life before you have a permanent death. But they, they have said in the past that there's a way, there may be a way to add more life to your character by paying more money or having better care or whatnot. But oh. we don't know, that's not, that's not in the game yet. But okay. They said that we may be able to extend, extend the life of our character. Oh, okay, okay. 
I didn't know that, or I don't remember that, or I don't know it. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it wanted to tin for the chairman. It was a long time ago. But yeah, I'm yeah if it's tin for the chairman, that. it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good to know, though. Okay. And we'll see if they go that way with it. Okay. But for right now, there's no eugenics, nothing along those lines. It is interesting that they talk about a money-based sliding scale, though, to Fastcard's point. You know, maybe if you live someplace affluent like Orison, uh, or let me say Terra, someplace like that, uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll be able to get better quality care versus if you live in um, the muddy slime hole of Hurston. I just say that because Colossal's here. Um, if you just <laughs> live in some other places, uh, you may not be able to get the same level of care, even though Maria Pure of Heart does give decent care. I won't, I won't throw rocks at Maria Pure of Heart. Okay, so that's the thing on eugenics and genetics. Ah, cloning. Fast Cart, do you want to take that one? Cloning. The biotech industry has developed cloning to the point where it primarily functions as a way to regrow damaged organs for immediate transplant. Technically, the technology is just to clone an entire person, but it's tremendously expensive and a vastly impractical endeavor. There are two main reasons for this. First, while the physical can be replicated, memories and experience aren't part of the process. So if a 30-year-old man wants to clone himself, the clone is basically a newborn child in the body of a 30-year-old man, 30-year-old. Uh, second, scientists discovered that clone bodies become susceptible to new and devastating disease that otherwise leaves humans unaffected. So the whole process, the whole body process technically exists, but nobody uses it. Okay. So let me ask you guys, CIG has, um, what's the word? They've, um, hmm. what is it called when you go in, retconned a little bit? Of, oh yeah, of the yeah. Process of this. Um, I've always wrestled with this idea of that when we come back, how our memories and stuff are transferred. And I don't know if we just have to kind of treat that as hand wavy him. <laughs> I think so. I think is so. that pretty much I mean, what it is? Eve Online has a similar mechanic, and it's it, it mostly hand waving, but it, you know, it's stuff based or whatever. The fact that it like travel for uh, information to transfer the memory from the point of death into the, your new clone. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's. I mean, I know that this, <laughs> there's this whole thing about, you know, if you go into the new body, there may be some loss of reputation. There's some aspects of things that you retain. Uh, and I know if you want to get real scientific, I get what they're talking about diseases and all that stuff. That's if you're taking it to the full length of science. Uh, but I am just kind of curious. Yeah, you know what? We need somebody who's like a microbiologist or somebody who can come on and talk <laughs> about that subject. Cause you know, I'm yeah. trying to keep it within the game context, but also so that it, it's like, oh yeah, that's cool. And there's a lot of it for me that just isn't, I, it's just not I mean. The, the, the whole, I mean, yes, it's the 30th century. Maybe they, they they know a way to transfer memories instantaneously from the point of your death to, but I mean, how, how does that even work? Does the information travel to through your mobile class? Is that why you, you need a mobile class? I don't Otherwise, know. You, I, it won't be updated? I would almost be satisfied, Fast Card, if they said if Cal Roddy dies, that we have to take his body back and they take his brain and put it in his clone. You know, I would, I would even live they with that, that, you know? <laughs> I, no, I'm just saying, I would live with a brain transplant yeah. faster than I would with moving memories. That's just, that's just on a whole nother <laughs> freaking but level. Hey, maybe that's why the movie glass is law. Is you it? Need it. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, cloning is, is it, it, I don't know, is, is what we do now cloning? Is that what it is when we come back? 
It's DNA based. Yeah, they have a uh, they have a body uh, ready for you in case you die. I believe it's DNA yeah, based. But you call an imprint. Yeah, it's an imprint. You come back, but you come back looking like what you were before. You don't come back looking different. So, I guess it is. No, that, that's, Regeneration that's, that's, is cloning. Go, when, go Whenever the game goes goes live, you know, unfortunately, like if you if you have it, if you suffer a severe trauma, that that could carry over because the, 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 the body remembers. Oh, you remember the, the trauma, what happened? But that's not in the game yet. Yeah. See, Go Mob says regeneration is cloning, and I agree. I, I get that. I'm just trying to, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking at the science of it too much, right? You know, first of all, your body coming back instantaneously is an issue for me right there. Um, yeah, you know, too. <laughs> unless they've got a bunch of your body sitting in some harvester, you know, somewhere waiting to be uh, jumped into. Yeah, I know, Reload. So, Soil and Green is people. I know, Reload. Okay. All right, we're going to move on past the whole cloning conversation uh, and go to one, another one that is kind of popular. Cal uh, Roddy, why don't you go ahead and hit that one there? All right, so consciousness transfer slash robots. So robots in Star Citizen are more utilitarian than anything. They are drones that will help repair your ship. Sweeper bots will spray wash the streets of cities and collect the trash. They aren't tremendously light lifelike robots, however. Perhaps it is due to humanity's poor history with AI or the uncanny valley, but we want there to be a visible divide between humans and robots. Robots are tools, not people. Therefore, there isn't really a big public desire to transfer a consciousness into a robot shell. Is it possible? With all the, with all the advances in processing speed and size, computers can store vast amounts of data and make trillions of decisions per second. With that being said, Humanity still has been unable to unravel the brain enough to replicate the emotional decision-making processes that make us human. Okay. Uh, robots. Um, mm. Yeah, robots. I have a quick question. Does sure. everyone, does, um, everyone knows what Uncanny Uncanny Valley is now, right? Because that, that, that's a term that came up. A decade or a couple of decades, yeah, decades ago. Everyone, 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 everyone is familiar with no, that No, go ahead, now, go right? ahead and okay. share it. Go ahead and share it. Okay, so I, I looked it up real quick, and the Uncanny Valley is a term used to describe the relationship between human-like appearance, robotic objects, and emotional response it evokes. In this phenomenon, people feel a sense of unease or even revulsion in response to human and robots that are highly realistic. Yep. And we've seen that. That actually happens. People freak out when they see a robot that looks too human. I'm not just too human, but you know there's something off, and it's like, yeah. what's, go what's going yeah. on? <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying when they know. Now, it, uh, let me ask you guys this. It's an interesting part of science fiction. Science fiction usually dictates that there is a fine line when it comes to robots or androids, that there's a... It, there have been some cases where robots and androids have proven to be uh, beneficial. But then there's also been those times where something goes wrong. Is that because of human failure or human fear? What would you pick in that area? You know, do we depict them because we fear the idea of them being equal to or better than? Or is it because there's a reality that because humans can make mistakes, we could possibly do something that would actually make robots maybe not a great thing? And you can think about everything from 
movies like Blade Runner, Star Trek. I mean, you've got Benevolent, Malevolent. You've got all these different examples. And, and Skynet. Yeah, Skynet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anybody got any thoughts? I would, I would say throughout the development and evolution of human history, right, for as long as we remember, the success of our development has always come at the um, the result of any kind of violence or threats or wars in terms of territorial dominance. Mm -hmm. Since we cannot really draw reference from any other civilization um, that has seen success without the integration of violence or territorial dominance, I think that is what that fear of having another species uh, creates that kind of fear within us because we don't know if that is fundamental to the evolution of an of an intelligent species. We mm. don't know if that dominance, that territorial desire to, you know, dominate or create, you know, and of course, as a byproduct of mm -hmm. violence that, that may come for it, but mm -hmm. we don't know if that's a fundamental factor mm -hmm. in the life evolution equation. Yeah. So I think that's as a result of that, we always have to consider and we always fear, okay, what if they take us over and what if they through wanting to take us over or even share things with us or even have a higher you know caliber of of whatever like in terms of their superiority what if that also comes with violence because we don't we don't know we don't have any other, any other evidence to show that that's not needed <laughs> yeah all I, all, I, all I want to say is humans are imperfect beings so anything we make will be imperfect so yeah, I mean we, we can we can try to program in all the safeguards, all the uh, first laws or sec, sec, first, second, and third laws of robotics and everything in that. But you know something inherently will go wrong because it, it, it'll be imperfect. And you know, despite our best um, precautions, best intentions, what have you. So yeah. that, that that's my that's my that's my thought. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting prospect. Um, there's a, you know, we can go to the level of computing, robots, AI, and, and we've had a great, some very deep conversations in, in our Soul Citizens After Dark uh, about AI about a month ago, a couple Always. months ago. Yeah, we had, a, yeah, we went a long time. And everyone, you know, there's excitement about AI and robots and this stuff. And then there's like the people like me who have a lot of trepidation about some of it. And, and it has nothing to do with the <laughs> trepidation toward the technology has way more to do with man's handling of that technology where I have a, a, a real fear. For those of you who uh, remember some older films that I grew up on, without even going to the point of an Android, a, something as simple as War Games was one of the first mm -hmm. things that that raised the brow na around the world actually, but literally the, the movie War Games went to the White House. You know, the president at the time asked, could something like this really happen? And the military said, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay um but then there's science fiction um most of you guys are familiar with um philip k dick's film do androids dream of electric sheep which is what the movie blade runner came out of and blade runner was always a very philosophical movie for me because they had created these androids that were so good that were they were using them basically as worker slaves but they had gotten to a point where they they were at a point where they just wanted to, they were aware of their existence. They became aware that they existed. And then they found out that they only existed for a certain amount of time. And to, to your point, Cal Roddy, um, they wanted to exist longer. <laughs> That's all they wanted, you know? Uh, but you know, that wasn't such a great thing. Yeah. They became self-aware. Thank you, Ken. 
And, the phrase. and Griffin, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do you one better than the war game. I, we can go all the way back to 1960 or, or, or 2001, Space Odyssey. Hal, Hal was, yeah, yeah, he was one of the first ones in, 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 in movie media that I know of that, you know, yeah. did something like that happen. Yeah, 1967, uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001. But again, we found out later that that was because of human error. Hal didn't, there yeah. was nothing wrong with Hal. Exactly. But it was because humans did something that made Hal mess up. So that's the thing, yeah, you know. We're, we're spoiling a 50-year-old movie. So no, 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 okay we didn't. Uh, yeah, but, right. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, that's true. He's 50 years old. Yeah, but my, my point is, is that, you know, the issue of how humans deal with technology is why it gets banned. It's not that the technology is bad, but humans have frailty, and sometimes that frailty translates into what we produce. And... Right. Uh, we just don't know what the outcomes can be. So, okay. Yeah, 2010, Ken, one of my favorite films. Great. There was a great way to cap off the first one. So I, I enjoyed that film. Okay, let's move on past the consciousness and the robots and uh, hit our next one here. <clears throat> uh, cybernetics. Uh, without the cultural push for lifelike robots, all that design and brain power has gone into cybernetics and incorporating technology to the human anatomy. Like most things in life, this is also on the sliding scale of cost and quality. If you want a replacement arm that works well, doesn't explode, and looks lifelike, you'll have to pay for it. Are there other cybernetic augmentations upgrades that could be purchased outside of necessity, such as you want cybernetic eyes because it offers advanced targeting or something, or auto-injectors to boost your reflexes? For the fiction, I would say, sure, it's a natural extension of cybernetic replacement. Uh, CIG did a piece on this a while back where they actually showed us a lot of their concept art for cybernetic limbs. They showed us arms and legs. They showed us a whole variety of different types and everything. Some of them had like a foot that looked like a tractor. Other ones had more natural looking form, foot for a, a human form to them. Yeah, the, 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 mm-hmm. the mission giver, um, Rico, Rico, who has an artificial uh, leg. So, she has yeah. an artificial leg. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, doesn't, is Clem... Is the guy in the uh, that was down in Levski? Did he have a bad arm? Maybe not. I don't know. I thought there was somebody else who had a so a Rico. Yeah, Rico. That was Rico. Rico. Yeah, in Bataglia. Yeah, yeah. that was the one in uh, down in uh, the room down there in uh, Levski. But I thought there was somebody else. Twitch had Twitch Twitch has yes. Twitch has the eyes, the lenses in her eyes. So. But CIG has said this, they've talked about the limbs as far as replacement for when you're injured, but I think that they put a kibosh on the idea of being able to do it to enhance yourself, if I'm remembering correctly. And if anybody well, in chat remembers... Like, it's not available to the players as far as I know. Yeah, like, that's, they, they want players to suffer, um, especially through death with face man, to suffer um, uh, uh, casualty or, or some, something wrong with the leg or arm or something like that yeah. because something happened in the previous death. They don't want you to willingly make yourself the $6 million man. If it happens, it's, or, it's or due to injury. Vader. Yeah, or Darth <laughs> Vader, yeah. Um, so, and there's only so much of that you'll be able to do too before your body can take it. You can't, you know, have two arms, two legs, you know, they're not going to let you go that far. Uh, but it will be interesting to see to what level they do that fast card. And also, I like the fact that they say that you can go from something that's very rudimentary and exposed to something that maybe looks very, you know, natural and human and lifelike. So it should be interesting. Uh, You guys got anything else on this one for the uh, cybernetics? 
I would say, at least in terms of documentation, um, some of the things that they've talked about um, make some good sense. You know, um, right now, when we get injured, uh, the the injuries, I would say, as it pertains to death of a spaceman, uh, it degrades relatively quickly mm -hmm. right, compared to what we would expect it to happen as it relates to cybernetics. We have the tier one, well, tier three, tier two, tier, tier one injuries. Right now, you know, every um, uh, bed that supports respawn, uh, we don't have that, you know, with, with regards to the Ibrahim sphere, we don't have the imprint viability score mm -hmm. that is supposed to reduce gradually, 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 depending on the type of Ibrahim sphere that you respawn from. So as a result, you know, you wouldn't see every time you respawn, you still have a tier three injury mm -hmm. or a tier two injury. Um, when that happens, maybe that's when you have the option of replacing a tier two or tier one injured uh, leg that can no longer really be repaired, uh, at least based on the gamif gamified sense with a prosthetic, with a cybernetic arm or limb. So as the death of a spaceman or that, you know, that, that degradation of the um, injured leg spans out longer, um, the more we live our lives in those things, that's where we'll start seeing, you know, the impact of having that prompt to replace our tier two or tier one injuries, re even after a respawn mm. with the cybernetic arm or cybernetic leg. Mm. Yeah, well, one, one of my fears is that when the game actually launches and, you know, it's after alpha, alpha beta and everything, the game is actually real and everything is like uh, persistent and permanent. Uh, I'm going to have such a target on my back that I, I get taken out in the first week. And I'll be the ten thousand credit man, not you, you know, because <laughs> you know that first week is probably going to be rough, in my opinion. I don't know. You know, what? The, the I, you know what? You know what? You know, I know a lot of people say that about the game, but I'm noticing the tone is changing a little bit more, and it also depends on what you're doing in the game. I still think that the first week in the game, they're sure there are going to be some people that are going to go out and do a whole lot of shenanigans. But I think that they're also going to find that it's going to be very costly to do those shenanigans. And I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a target. I think that people are going to be I, I, so... It probably will be costly, Griffin, in that first week. But I don't think people... It, 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 it'll be enough people who cares. And so, like, maybe there's, the second or third week. But it's a minority. That's a minority. You, you really find out that the people who really are out in the verse playing right now are a minority of players who start stuff. And you got to think about it this way, too. By the time you're talking about... There's going to be multiple systems. Right now, everybody's compressed in Stanton, right? Right. But later on, because of things like the UEE law, all these other things that'll be in place back then, there's going to be a lot of other places that are easier to do things versus other things. And I don't get me wrong; I'm not saying there are going to be players doing things, but I just think that it's going to shift. I, I don't. I think that when everything's in place, players are going to be more about wanting to do because there's something to do. A lot of the stuff that happens in the game now happens because for a lot of players, there's nothing to do. And definitely, so it's very easy do. to, you know what I mean, to hang out at Porto and shoot everybody because there's just nothing else to do, you know. Um, but, th but that's later, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I think you're going to get in the game and you're going to be all right. I don't think you're going to have to worry about it. Let me say this, I also thought was interesting, was talking about the quality of the limbs. Um, they mentioned about how if you get a cheap one, it might blow up on you. Um, that's kind of interesting. And now if that means like if you're in a battle and you get shot at it, there's a better chance that it could either fail on you. It would be like that or... scene in Total Recall where the head explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be pretty messed up if you die from your cybernetic arm, right? Two weeks. Yeah, that would be pretty bad. You can get a warranty on it. All right, uh, FC will give you this one here. How about that one? 
Dump Point and FTL travel, we are sticking to Dump Point as the only real method of covering massive distances. The other races have their own versions of the technology, but they are basically similar conduits of transportation. There is an internal discussion about how far past the reaches of the system you could travel, but based on the requirements of the game, you won't be able to slow, slow burn from Earth to Kosar. Could you have a character in your fiction try? Of course. But after the Artemis, would it be why? Okay. And I got to remind me what the Artemis is. <laughs> uh, that's a ship in lore, if I'm remembering correctly, but I don't remember what the deal was with the Artemis. Maybe somebody in chat remembers. I know it's Jade's not familiar. I've read it once, but I forgot what it was. Yeah. It was the first interstellar ship built for long distance constantly. There we go. Thank you. Um, here's something interesting. There have been players in the game who have slow boated, even in Stanton. I remember back... Way back when, y'all, way back when, the first person, I don't remember who they were, but they slowed and boated from Grim Hex to Port Olisar. And it was a big deal. I think it took them like seven hours, something like that, at full speed to travel. Um, and there have been some people who have, you know, gone all the way to Stanton's Star. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever crossed the entire system. Do you guys know if anybody's ever tried to go all the way across the system from the first point anyone, to the other? I don't know if anyone tried, but I would, would not be surprised. I mean, I mean, there's achievement like that in almost every um, game. Like EVE Online, there's a, there's a, a person who visited every system in EVE Online. Yeah. Uh, Elite Dangerous, um, someone traveled from the outer realm to into the inner realm, and it took them months. I forget how long it took, but yeah, every game has had some kind of not 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 a player uh, uh, co uh, corporate or official achievement like that, but you know, just a bragging right. Yeah, Star Helix says in order to do that, you need no thirty Ks for a week. <laughs> That's probably, <laughs> probably exactly. true. Not wrong. It's probably <laughs> true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know some people have tried and then failed. I know the people who went to. I think when they went to the stars, Stanton Star, they had that happen. And 30K happened, but they were able to pick it up because they saved. It was something weird. But anyway, um, right now, as you guys know, jump points are the main way. I am still curious, Cal Roddy and Fast Card, I'll put this to you because I know we talked about it in the past um, with the pyro, uh, the, the two pyro examples that CIG gave us. The very first one, we saw them use a gate. They used a mechanical device that, Usually gates are there to stabilize a wormhole versus creating one. Um, mm -hmm. And then we saw later where they actually showed us the um, uh, the natural phenomenon wormhole, the big one, the big cloud, right? Um, right. What do you guys think? Do you think CIG is going to incorporate both of those or do you think they're going to default to just the big atmospheric one? Because I used to read books about gates and then you guys remember the movie Stargate. Well, the, there was a book called Stargate back in the day, but it wasn't the gate like what we saw on the TV show. It was an actual man-made gate out in space, like what we have in Eve, Fast Cart, uh, where you had these so, so mechanical to, uh, devices. Um, the, the expanse, maybe. Yes, yes. But I, I was saying Eve because, well, I figured people played Eve. But yeah, the expanse right, right, right. too. Yeah, they, but there's a mechanical device that allows jumps to take place as well. I'm curious. Oh. Go ahead. No, I was going to the question again. I'm sorry. Well, do you think that CIG because will incorporate both or just one? I think both. Uh, they'll have natural ones. And I think most of the official uh, ones that people can go to system and system, they probably have a, a, a physical one or a mechanical one that people will stabilize it and, and make it more permanent. Mm. 
but I mean, the CIG has said for exploration, um, um, new gates will come and go, you know, and that's part of their exploration. You, you, you may find a, a, worm, a, a gate or a, a, a jump point that goes between um, maybe a shortcut. Well, that happened in Eve. Remember, we, had, we would have wormholes that would appear in, in, but you never knew how long they'd be there. And you yeah, exactly. always run the risk. Life. Yeah, you'd run the risk of going through and maybe not being able to come back. Um, it's like that one Star Trek TNG episode where the Ferengi got stranded. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with jump points in the game. Uh, oh, by the way, let's talk about the technology here because we didn't talk about this. Some of you know this, some of you may not. But to go through jump points, you are going to need not a quantum drive. <laughs> You're going to need a hyperdrive. The quantum drive is what gets you across the system. That's what we use right now. Um, but the worm, some of you know your ships actually have an area for this drive built into them, or it's supposed to have them in there. Uh, but there's another uh, component that you will need to make these jumps. Some ships have them. Some ships do not have them. Uh, so just be aware of that when you're purchasing your ships. <laughs> You're looking to jump. Yep. Uh, you need to make sure that you have something that will definitely yeah, like, have a jump drive versus a quantum drive. Okay, a jump drive like something, versus something like, like 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 the Warden, uh, the Vanguard series. They're supposed to be long distance, um, or carrier, not carrier, but long. They're long range fighters. They're long range fighters. I don't know right. if they have a jump drive, a quantum, a, a jump drive. I don't know. They're fighters. I don't know. Yeah, some of you guys may know which ones. Does anybody know? Does the warden have the capability to do wormhole jumps? Because I, I don't know. Oh yeah, it does. It does. So it does. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it does. Okay, I don't know. I'm just. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. So the, yeah, so I think it's more so the the snub fighters that um that. Yeah, are really those are screwed. Much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the no, 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 no. I no, I don't think it's just snub fight. Okay, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Do, do can a gladius do a wormhole jump? I think so. Okay. Okay, I'm Jack. curious. Uh, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm not, sure I'm not saying he so can't. Sure I just want to know. I just want to know. Because see, a long range fighter to me says that it can go across the system a long way. Shady face says mm. yes, it can. If they mm. use the example from Battletech, I would, I, I would, I would say anything like Vanguard size and, and, and above could do. All right. I'm not sure about okay. Well, here's yeah. the deal. If y'all see a was it a jump drive in them ships, then the answer is yes. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Okay, Gladius has a small jump drive. Admiral Kusanagi says. Okay. okay. All right. Long as it's got it a jump though. drive. Uh, no, it, 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 that's supposed to be different from the quantum drive, right? That, 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 they're not confusing the two? Yes, this, yes, it is not a quantum drive. It's a jump drive. Yeah. Jump drives just mean you can jump on your own, <laughs> but any ship can fly. Oh, yeah, any ship can fly through a jump gate. Yeah. Huh. Gladius, yeah. But even though it can jump, how many jumps can it actually do? I don't know. Okay, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I know quantuming. I, I, I no questions about quantuming and no questions about hydrogen. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to make a, a long jump between systems and then get stranded because I know there's there, no way to there, there was <laughs> you know, a big, but you know it will happen. There was a big stink when the Pisces came out because the Pisces did not have a, a jump drive in it, and people kept saying that that the Pisces was supposed to be the scout with a Carrick, 
that could go through a wormhole and come back and report on stuff. Now, mm. I, that's what people were saying. I don't know. I got to go back and look at the old Carrick paperwork, but I am curious about whether or not some of these ships have jump drives. I don't, I don't know all these ships because some of them I have, I know the ones I do have them. Snubs don't have room for a jump. So wait, wait. Okay, Shady, I see what you're saying, but snubs don't have room for a quantum drive either. That's what I always hear about those ships. They don't have room for quantum drives, which is why you can't jump across systems. But I'm talking about going through a freaking, you gotta be able to navigate through them, guys. There's a nav computer that you have to have to go through a wormhole. So all I'm telling you is look in y'all ships and find out what you got. That's all. <laughs> we check your fleet. We check your fleet. Check your <laughs> fleet. So you ain't left behind in the dust. Okay. I know I'm starting a whole bunch of stuff here in chat, but I'm just kind of stirring mm -hmm. the pot. Okay, I'm stirring <laughs> the pot. I know I'm stirring it's the pot. Fine. I'm gonna leave y'all alone. People's like, man, I gotta go melt my ship now. Okay. Okay, yep. let's um, <laughs> let's talk about uh 3D printing and replicators. FC, this is a long read. You want this one? Sure. Love it. Uh, when forcing the technology of Star Citizen, I'm sorry, 3D printing replicators. When forcing the, uh, the technology of Star Citizen, we wanted to we wanted the universe to be filled with things. That's a weird statement, sure, but in order to have a dynamic economy with supply, demand, need, and resources to be mined, transported, we couldn't have a universal box that could generate anything and everything. The classic example is the replicator from Star Trek definition via wiki uh replicated that can create in any inanimate matter as long as the desired molecular structure is on file but it cannot create antimatter lithium latinum or any living organism of any kind it's probably not real realistic to ignore the inclusion of a replicated type technology in the future, especially considering massive applications 3d printing is already capable of offering it's a stylistic and economic decision to not not to include it. Uh, as stated earlier, there's a dynamic economy to feed and it will be hungry. If replicated technology, if replicated, classic replicated existed, factories wouldn't need resources flown in. They would go to the industrial side tech in a box and punch in whatever they needed. Mm. This is gonna be interesting because I know Fastcart, you are really excited about having your endeavor uh, having areas to do like workshops and stuff like that. I know the Carrick has got a repair yep. shop in it. Uh, and I am curious as to, you know, when, when you say repair, how does a part or something get fixed And maybe 3d printing is a means for that to happen. Replication though, maybe replication is something that's just done on a small scale, not on a large scale. And maybe that makes it, functional, but I don't know. What do you guys think about this thing? 3D printing and replicating in the game? So I, I honestly think that as it has to do with the video game, Alfie, we see, or rather the, the money, it needs either, however you look at it, it either needs more value or less value, more value where it has more use in it in terms of it's a relationship with the resources in the game or less value where there's more value in the resources that you actually use. I say that because when it comes to the currency of the game, um, you know, we don't have as much use in terms of using UEC. 
when you actually put in things like what you mine, what you gather, you know, what you loot, being able to either break those things down into simple materials and use those for crafting, replication, even, you know, for example, mining um, resources or salvaging resources to be able to use them to repair your ship or even contribute it to reclaiming your ship at a faster time because you have more resources. I think that is where the true value also will come in to give more value to what UEC is and in addition to the economy to be able to access and utilize these resources on a much more grander scale. So let me ask you this question then. Does it drive, is another driver for value? Like in, 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 in I hate, 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 hate keep referencing Eve, but in Eve, if you wanted to have a certain ship built, you had to not only say, I want this ship built, you had to get the resources for it. You had to get the blueprints for it. And like they gave this mm -hmm. example about how in Star Trek, as long as there was the molecular information was there, something could be replicated. Do you think that like someone mentioned in chat there, like the vulture right now is able to create the multi-tool for you? Yeah. And it's, but it's interesting because the resources that it uses is just the resources from scraping a ship, which that's a big stretch. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. of hand wavium there for that. Cause it's an electronic device that comes out it's working. Magic. Yeah. comes out working. Um, but that's okay. You know, uh, but do you think that they could, do you think that this aspect of 3d printing and replicating could become a thing where instead of just getting the scrapings off a ship, you literally do have to bring in some other items to, to be able to craft and make some things right. Um, like in that repair shop, for example, Maybe you can create the casing for something, but if you need the electronics, you've got to have the parts with the electronics in order to make it work. You know, you need the ingredients. Yeah, the, in the yeah. ingredients. You need the blueprints, and that is where I that we have a state in the game where the value of of UEC mm -hmm. is driven by resources and mm -hmm. not the other way around. If you want to get something, there's more value in in resources mm -hmm. versus the value in UEC. You use the UEC to make in some way or contribute to the use of the resources, resources to get to what you want. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, fast cart. You cannot have a whammer burger just replicated on your ship. You have to go and buy one. All right. Darn it. No infinite, no infinite whammers, no infinite whammers. Okay. All right. Last but not least, and we're going to take a shift here in the show. And this is talking about, <laughs> uh, things that are, well, a rough starting list of tech that's probably pretty illegal in most government's eyes. Now, you guys know when you go into the different jurisdictions, they will tell you things that are illegal. But on the technology side, here's some things that they did list. Gene warfare, anything that could easily be used for genocide, genetic augmentation, <laughs> bat-grown super soldiers, uh, mm. balloon animal engines, I don't know what, what that is. What is that? If anybody <laughs> knows, I've been trying to figure out what that is. And I know there's some real sci-fi geeks in the channel who could probably tell well, us maybe, what that is. I, the only thing I can think of is like, you know, uh, an, an animal that, that's grown quickly and is disposable to, for warfare. That's the only thing I can, I can think of. I know, balloon animal engines is farting. Thank you, Ken. We appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, and then synthesizing black holes. Now that's interesting. 
Yeah. Um, or antimatter. Yeah, I for can some, imagine antimatter. Yeah, for some of you people who don't believe in places like CERN, that would be probably something that you'd be thinking about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, those are interesting things they have there for technology that is like, uh-uh, don't do all that stuff, okay? Good to see you, prisoner. How are you? All right, weapons of methane destruction, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, WMDs, all right. Um, okay, real quick, gang, let's take a quick break. We mentioned to you guys earlier that we're, we're doing our um, our fundraiser, our charity fundraising for uh, St. Jude Children's House, but we want to run a spot for that real quick, and uh, we're going to talk about it real quick, and then we're going to get back into the second half of the show. So let's take a quick look at that. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and YouTube are teaming up to help end childhood cancer. In September, supporters from across the nation come together during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude. And that's when YouTube gamers will be posting videos and live streaming to raise funds to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Money Raise also supports the research that leads to groundbreaking medical discoveries that St. Jude freely shares around the globe. I can only imagine as a parent the relief that they feel when someone like St. Jude steps in. I think it's a really good lesson for us to realize that we need to do more and we can do more. It is a huge step in the right direction, a huge step in helping just people and giving back. It's all for good. And we have a responsibility, a social responsibility to help out. Find your favorite video or live stream during St. Jude Play Live on YouTube for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and donate to this amazing cause. Your support will help St. Jude further its incredible mission. Finding cures, saving children. Let's end childhood cancer together. All right, we can do this thing together, y'all. This is where we are right now. We are at $2,150. I would love to see us get to... Uh, what should we go to tonight, guys? What should we go to? What should we ask for? 2200 No, 20 we can go higher than that. 2250 2500 would be excellent, 25. guys. 2500 would be excellent tonight if you guys can get us there tonight because we're shooting for that $3,000. But we'll take 2250 at a minimum. 2250 at a minimum. 2500 That would be awesome. That'll get us closer to our $3,000 mark. We're going to have such a great, great time when we do this 12-hour live stream. It'll be our first 12-hour live stream. Cal Roddy says he is ready. He'll be here for 11 of those 12 hours. He'll be here for 11 of those 12 hours. I will write a monologue just for, just for this show, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so really, if you guys can, please give toward the uh, thing. The link is in the uh, fast card. If you can put the link in one more time. I'm going to put that link back yeah. in there for you guys for the fundraiser. Send it to people. Even if you've given, if you have to send it to some folks and let them know to check it out. Uh, we really, really do want to see uh this money be able to give them to help out families and children with cancer at saint jude children's hospital and as always we appreciate you guys for all that you have done already and everything that you're going to do in the future and we're going to have some guests come on like my good friend who i see in chat star jump grim <laughs> hey grim good to see hey. you buddy you are going to be invited to come on our show that day i'm letting you know now you only got to come on for a half hour but oh i'll give you details later but uh, we've got a lot of great friends in the Star Citizen community who I've already talked to who will be excited to come on board and cheer you guys on as we help raise more money for St. Jude Children's Hospital. 
So again, wants to know whether or not the, the joke man will work on the 12-hour live stream. You better have a lot of, of coins because Fast Cart's going to be ready to roll. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So again, we're at the $2,150 mark. We want to be able to push short that $3,000 mark. So uh, again, thank you guys so much for all that you are doing for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Okay. Let us move. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, I, I, I know you want to go forward to the next thing, but um, uh, Jade gave us some really good information about oh. the previous topic regarding sure. um, um, the, the, the warfare stuff. Um, she said that uh, antibody is a thing in culture because it outlawed nuclear. Um, weapons. So they have antimatter because, mm -hmm. uh, evidently, according to Jade, they, they, they don't cause the um, the half life that you know exactly the area that 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 that's been bombed. People can can can, can go back to, to living inside it. Yeah, so and I that's think why they have they 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 outlawed nuclear, but you have antimatter. And if I'm not mistaken, the Bengal carrier runs on something weird like that because it can go like twenty years or. It goes some really long period of time without being refueled, if anybody remembers that. Uh, the Bengal carrier has this really unique thing. It's one of the only ships that does that. Um, I can't remember where I saw that, but I'll find it. <clears throat> okay, well, thanks, Jade. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and jump into our next part. Now, this is the tasty stuff that people have either seen, heard about, talked about. We're going to give our two cents and our thoughts on this stuff. Okay. <laughs> Go mop. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see if people know what that is. I'm not even sure if people know what that is. You guys think people know what that is? I didn't even know what that is. What yeah. is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I cheated. Uh, yeah, you okay. cheated? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that is without cheating. You that cheated. Way. <laughs> okay. Now, those of you guys, yeah, the space toaster. Thank you, Reload. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start off with this one here. Uh, Cal Roddy, why don't you kick that one off for us? All right. Sure thing. So the Memvio dedicated Memtrace computation architecture supports concurrent returns across a wide range of active functions to allow the Memvio to greatly increase your ship's moment, moment to moment data output. Now, this is the only item that I've seen that references a blade. These are down, everything we're gonna show you guys now is down in the uh, the frontline store, down in the lower level. Okay, so if you wanna go see this stuff, if you haven't seen it in a while, there are descriptions down there for these items. Um, and so there's a couple of things that we're gonna show you, but we just want you to see this. Now, they say this is a booster blade. Um, computations, architecture support, concurrent returns across a wide range of active functions to allow this thing to greatly increase your ship's moment-to-moment -moment data output. Now, that's a whole lot of gobbledygook. It basically right. says, <laughs> yeah, that this thing can do different things on your ship and do them very quickly, right, uh, and efficiently. Now, what I don't know about this is, you know, where this thing goes. It looks like it's a component, right? And I'm assuming, you know, a lot of times people have talked about being able to use blades to do different things. But one of the easiest things I think about is obviously, obviously something like turret operations, right? Um, that seems to be an easy one. But I don't know. What do you guys think about when people talk about using blades to run their ship, per se? What, do you, what are your feelings or thoughts about that? I've always 
not always, but I when I first heard about the AI blades, I was like, maybe I don't have to pilot myself, or maybe I can, um, you like, you know, I can use it for for turret operation, like like you said, or one uh, some kind of navigation stuff, like you know, I mean, that something had like a crew of eight, eight, eight different people, maybe a blade can fill three of those resistance. I, I wouldn't know, but yeah. Okay. They're going to show us another device a little bit later that I'm going to show you too, but I just want to get the, this says it's a booster blade. And I agree. This talks about data transmission. And so I'm not sure what data they're referring to. Are they referring to hacking? Well, I've tried to look at this thing, like look at all the angles on it and the sides of it and stuff. Yeah. And I just don't know. It's component sized, but I don't know. I've tried to also look on the ship, like where something like this would go on a ship. Um, now, Ken says the Terrapin, which if this is about data transfer on that level for speed and information, okay. You know, um, yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but again, it talks about computation architecture supports concurrent returns across a wide range of active functions to allow this thing to greatly increase your ship's moment to moment data output. So if this thing is shooting out data or information, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I, I this is the only thing I've ever seen. There's, there's one other item I'm going to show you guys later, but I just don't know if this is the thing that ties into what we call. I, I think I figured it out. Other than MSR, you can install it on, on, on another ship to be, to be able to play Star Citizen in that ship. Okay, so we'll move on to the next item here. <laughs> Best card. Okay, um, let's talk about this one. Um, this is called the GW9. Um, with more powerful simulation capabilities, the GW9 can identify problems faster than ever before while locating potential issues with an improved margin of error, doing more than saving time on costly repairs, it, it can save lives. Now, at first I used to think this was the device that we saw in the hospitals, but and it, there may be a variation of that, but this is a diagnostic chart. And I've wondered whether this is gonna be something, Calrati, that is actually being used in engineering. Uh, something that helps you figure out where the problems are with your systems, a component that's wearing down or has failed, and you can quickly get that information from here. I don't know. What do yeah. you guys think? Yeah, that would be an interesting thought, given that we have generally, at least they, they talked about the three um, hats of engineering. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have much information with regards to the, the tuning for the, um, you know, as it has to do with the engineer that, uh, that um, Thorsten had talked about. Mm -hmm. But it could be one of those tools that they'll actually integrate into the game to allow us to be able to properly diagnose whatever may be occurring, especially for those really large ships where you have many different relays, you know, all over the place, um, particularly during before, but especially during um, combat scenarios where they have to really diagnose as quickly as possible or even have multiple people diagnosing at different points of the state uh, um, of the ship, so, depending oh, of course, how it's designed. Stop for a second. Jade, you're saying the G9 is, is for medical, huh? Are you sure it's it this particular one? I know they have, that's why I said they have a variation of this in the hospitals, but you're saying this one is for medical? Because what's throwing me off about, the reason why, I know they've got those other ones that are in the hospital, but they say specifically about repairs on this, and I'm not equating repairs to medical. 
Or is it just, or, or, or is it just something goofy about the description? Repair tissue, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they can use the word repair for for medical. Just, just, yeah. So anatomical repairs, then. Yeah. My, mm. my, that, that, that's what I'm getting. Saving time on costly repairs. That sounds mechanical to me. I'm just, I, I, I agree. Yeah. But then, but then, it, then but then it says it can save lives. Save lives. So that's why I thought it was like you know, being able to repair something mechanical that people don't get killed. But Jade is saying- Or may maybe it's for repairing like an below. artificial limb, like a, yeah. like Reco or but, eyes, or like a Twitch. Again, again, when I opened this up, I mentioned that there is a variation of this in the hospitals. When you go in, they do have this medical cart that's there. I just thought this was maybe something that was more about repairing a ship. And, and, I'll, and I'll default to that, Jade, because we do know that we do see them in the hospital. We have not seen these quote unquote in ships. We do have repair stations or, or not repair stations, but uh, engineering stations in the ships. Um, so yeah, I'll default to that. If that is the same thing, it looks different than what's down in the frontline store, but we do know that there are things like that in the hospital to be used to help people. Uh, tricorders are used by doctors and engineers. That's true, but there is an engineering tricorder and there is a science tricorder. So, like, again, there may be a medical one. There may be one for engineering. So we'll see. But anyway, you guys can go down to the Frontline store, check it out, look at it, see what you think, because this is stuff that CIG has had out for a long time, and they keep it yeah, out. Uh, yeah, which tells me that this is something that is going to be coming in the game. Okay. Let's take a look at this next one. Uh, Fast Cart, we'll give you that one, if you could read it. I know it's kind of small. No, I got it. Uh, okay. I picked Crypto Key. There's no time for guesswork when it comes to getting your system back online and running. The Crosslink 3 rep dateline with a pinpoint response tag TAC can not only provide faster access, you can do it without interrupting vital Slack stack flows. That's a whole lot of good with group again. Yeah. <laughs> so you cannot keep your Bitcoin on this. That's what this, not what this is for, <laughs> is your crypto key. Okay, not for your Bitcoin. No, Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Your Dogecoin, you keep your Dogecoin <laughs> on here. Um, you guys, Doge. yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, when we're in a testing environment, uh, it, it's very difficult sometimes to remember that much of what CIG gives us is to proof of concept, to see how things work. And sometimes it's very easy to think that when we get something that that's the way it's going to be. Some of you will remember that in the early days of when we got the crypto keys, there were different versions of the crypto key. There was one that was very reliable, uh, high without worrying about it failing too much, but it also cost more in credits. There was one that was somewhere in the middle of reliability. And then there was one that was much cheaper, but it had a po greater possibility of failure. It didn't mean it always failed. Sometimes you use it, it didn't fail at all. But there'd be other times if you were trying to use it, you'd have to reset it two, three, four times in the process. Um, and CIG kind of has moved out of that now and given us, you know, these certain keys. Um, do you guys see these being useful in other ways? Because there is a mission, the Black Kite mission is one of the missions in game where you have to find a crypto key uh, on the uh, reclaimer and you have to use it on the ship. I won't say where or anything else like that. Um, and then, but there really aren't very many other times. I mean, we have to use them for when we do the satellite missions, right? To shut down satellites. What are some other applications for something like crypto key? Is it information passing? What do you guys think? Access to things? So, um, relay, I don't, I have, I don't know. <laughs> as, 
as reputation becomes more and more um, permanent, I would say, right, it, your affiliation with different factions, mm -hmm. I often thought currently, if you have a crime stat, you can use a crypto key and wipe your wipe your status clean. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, as reputation and, uh, you know, affiliation with different NPC organizations and those things become more solidified, um, I've been thinking that these kinds of crypto keys uh, can be used to temporarily mask your uh, your identity, be it, I mean, currently we don't know how they are going to be measuring or scanning your affiliation with, say, UEE, if you are in UEE space. Maybe it's to Mobile, right? Um, but if you were to go to Korea Station and you're in Pyro, let's say perhaps the crypto key can be used to temporarily mask your negative affiliation with UEE may have a couple hours until it runs out until mm. the broadcast across Stanton. So, says, hey. So, like, I remember in, in the uh, Star Wars movies, they would have a ship where they could go in and they change the ID on the ship so that they could get in, yeah. making it think it was an Empire ship when it was really the Rebellion, right? Uh, because they don't do visual checks. These are checks that are done by scanning and information is transmitted, right? So yeah. the crypto key could be used for masking, like you said, right? Um, Gomop mentions in here about, you know, encrypting and decrypting, which is another factor for it. Um, passing on money in a way that doesn't get tracked because we mentioned oh, earlier man. about the, we talked about the, um, Moby glass being a way for the UEE to, we know they're going to be checking with your transmissions. Oh yeah. But if you're doing black market sales, maybe there's a way to transfer credits on a crypto key, right? That's a way of putting hard cash in someone's hand versus wondering whether or not they're gonna actually pay you later, right? Um, there are a lot of other applications that we could see crypto keys come out. Interestingly enough, the ice pick back in the day was a much more reliable key. I don't know if that's because it came from the Apple store compared to the ones you bought in Grimhex, but this key usually responded much better than the, the other keys that you would buy. At least for me, it did. It always seemed like it worked better. Um, and I'm curious as to whether or not that's gonna be a factor still, whether the type of key you have um, you know, can determine its accuracy or how well it works. Hacking is another thing too. Um, encoding, dropping a virus someplace, um, your land claims, uh, information about your land property, things like that could, could possibly go on. What would we what would use the USB for now, you know, but beyond that or listening to your music fast cart. <laughs> Give me a ripper, please. Okay. Let me just mask myself. The ripper. Yeah. You're on the ripper. Yeah. Okay. All right, plenty of ideas for that. Okay, that's the ice pick. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's see, Kalradi, that's for you, the pool table. No, I'm just kidding. I'm oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Moran. Whether you're reviewing quarterly financials, analyzing a structural plan, or coordinating strategic movement, the Moran is, is about storing information or sharing information in real time in the real world. The latest model introduces a new level of interactivity thanks to its multi-user focus that provides your team the tools they need for productive discussions. Hangar Flare. Yeah, why don't you tell people about that? Yeah, sure. So I can't remember when, uh, it was 2014, 15, a little bit before also. Um, we were given the opportunity to buy, I think it was three of these, 
and each of them had different stations. There was Port Olasar, and there were, I think it was Icarus Station, mm -hmm. and one other one. And so you'd put Icarus, it, you'd, Port Olasar. What was the other one? Icarus, Port O, and what was the one, what was the one where Old Girl was? Um, what was the chick's name, Fastcart? Uh, oh, Tessa. Tessa. Tessa Bannister. Yeah, was that Icarus where she was? ICC, yeah. Thank you, Jade. Uh, yeah, I was going to say ICC. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm. So, so yeah, mm -hmm. there were there were different there were different nodes across your hangar, and you had the option of placing that hollow table there. Depending on which hollow tables you had, it would auto generate a, um, a hologram uh, showing the stations. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. I think we still have it pretty much. It's just about you know us being able to be able to use it. So. Right. Now the hollow table is going to be something. If, if you mentioned, though, the, the 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 use of it is much bigger than that. As you mentioned, it talked about showing financials, structural plans, uh, coordinating strategic movement. Um, this is designed so that you're supposed to be able to do some things at it. We don't know how that's all going to be manipulated. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe, for example, you take your crypto key, Calrati, you plug it into the table, and you can see the layout of an underground facility. You know what I mean? Ooh, that I pops up that. a hologram, right? or a landing zone, uh, fast cart, or the deck layout on a certain type of ship, right? Uh, where a prisoner is. There's a lot of things that these tables could be used for. And I'm hoping that they do make them, because they're, they're beyond eye candy, right? You know, one of the reasons yeah. why you buy these, and, and, and these are designed not just for hangar flare, but many of the items that CIG is showing you are things that you're supposed to be able to use on your ships too. So keep yeah. that in mind. Um, and I don't know where that space will be where you would put your hollow table. Maybe you do have to move the pool table out, fast cart, get your hollow table in. You know, no, you have to you'd have to move out the piano. The, the piano, the piano's not going anywhere. The piano's staying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh -huh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it'll be interesting to see you know how some of these items uh, are able to be brought in and used both, like you said, in your hangar, Calrati, or uh, put on board your ship. Uh, did you get any of these fast cards? Did you get any of the hollow tables when they came out or did you skip? Them? I got one. I got a, a couple for free when I was a subscriber. Okay. Yeah, been, they came out one of uh, 2017, 2016. Mm -hmm. It's been yeah. a while. So yeah, but you know, since we lost access to our hangar, I've been able to access them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They're a cool item. They're a cool. They're a cool for, uh, hangar item. Okay. Here's another one that we saw once way back when. Uh, fast card, why don't you read that one? <clears throat> A large hollow projector. Making holograms look great in perfect, in perfect conditions is easy. Designing a projecting system with smoother motion and increased depth of view that can be visible in real-world conditions with this kind of clarity and with nothing short of a technological marvel. Now, I don't think we've seen an example of this working in the world other than... Did you see it? Did you, have you seen it? Were you going to see something, Fast yeah, I, I, you're probably going to say what, what, no, what go I was just going to say. Fighting for the two trailer where they had the, the person falling on, falling on the ground. Yep, exactly. Yep. Exactly. That's the time that we have seen it. Um, and we've seen some other hollow projections. The other one when the cat admiral or the captain on the ship is talking to the guy when Mark Hamill's sitting in the room with him, we see a yeah. hollow projection take place there. Um, the question becomes... It just looks like this is something that's wall-mounted in some form. At least this particular one does. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether this is some another form of communication. Right now, you can talk to people on your MFDs. Uh, I'd be curious to see whether or not at some point in the future uh, they come up with something like that. Yeah, Jay, the, the, the greeter at New Babbage. 
Absolutely. And the spaceport is a hologram. We don't know, see where it's being projected. It's coming from the underneath. And that could be the exact same thing, right? It's just laying on the ground, projecting upward. Uh, we've got a couple other small ones. The one also in R Corp, going into the R Corp admin building. There's one there as well. Uh, uh, IE, no, it's IE and Victor. Um, yeah, Deloitte thing when you go up the elevator. And Invictus. Oh, that thing. Yes, 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 yes. So anyway, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if these are, how these are implemented in game and if there's something that we actually can actually do something with or whether it's just the fact that they are there to be used for like things like Jade mentioned, the tour guide uh, and New Babbage, things of that nature. But uh, that's the hollow projector, okay? Next up, this is the one that I think is interesting here that I wanted to talk about because when we were talking about blades earlier, um, uh, Kyle Roddy, why don't you go ahead and read that one? Sure, the Opticore Avionics. Featuring unlocked Nexron process, latest Microtech platforms push the boundaries of performance flight and can handle the advanced computational needs of the modern vehicle being manufactured today. Now, I don't know if this, I've just been trying to figure out what this is and what it's used for. <laughs> yeah, top of the gook again. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of stuff there. And of course, I understand why, because they're leaving room to make it do whatever they want it to do. They just know that it does have something to do with avionics, with flight, okay? Um, and I'm not completely maybe sure. It makes, maybe it makes uh, computational for, for quantum travel faster or easier. I don't know. Could be. Could... So there was... There was one thought that, <laughs> that came to mind um, as I was reading. We know that control services are and that's going to be really important when yeah. you're flying ships in atmosphere. Yeah. Um, perhaps what if, you know, something like this were damaged, how would your, you know, your control services be affected? Yeah. Especially when it comes to flying. Yeah. So let's say someone hits you with an EMP, this actually gets affected. What's going to happen? You may fall yeah. out of the sky or... Your control systems may be affected in some way. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Jay, to your point, it could be the jump point with the NAV computer because AV, avionics. Um, again, there, there's so much stuff that CIG has dropped in relation to navigating, particularly when it comes down to going through jump points. Um, NAV computers, uh, being able to navigate through them. Um, uh, the equipment that you're going to need, the components in order to do it. Um, and, and again, the reason why I'm asking is because the subject about AI and blades and things being able to control ships, but at the same time, CIG has made it clear that they don't want the technology to supersede the capability of players. They want players to be, have a little bit more edge, but the technology should be able to help, uh, or assist in some form. And so maybe this, mm -hmm. maybe this thing will help you uh, use less fuel when, when, when you're traveling. I don't know. Avionics is usually a little bit more involved with that, with controlling the ship, uh, or controlling the uh, whatever your vehicle that you're in uh, for flight. I don't know. Yeah, go map just had it. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's uh it's interesting. We'll have to see. But again, we're just showing you guys this stuff because this is what's out there for the tech that we will be able to in some way or other use as part of our gameplay and, and enriching our gameplay, much deeper gameplay than just getting in and pushing the R button and taking off. It's going to be a little bit more involved in that. Okay. That's the OptiCore Avionics. This one is what I'm going to talk about 
because many of you have seen this and laugh about it, but you can laugh all the way to the bank because you're going to be wearing one too. It's called the Optimus 6 Spec. Information is only useful if you can access it when it is most needed from hospitals to boardrooms. The Optiviz provides new ways to access the data you need most when you need it with an embedded invisible liquid display. So what is this? This is basically allowing you to see information. And, and you know, I guess right now, the way we do it right now is we're wearing a, a, a helmet. We get a helmet, we get our information that pops up. Here they're saying this could be used for a variety of things. They mentioned boardrooms. I guess if you want to be able to look at stock or whatever commodities are going for, um, or whether you want to be able to using it for medical purposes, information is needed to do surgery or putting a limb on somebody. I mean, we're stretching it here, but that's what this is basically implying that this device could be used for a variety of different tasks in the game. Those of you who reached concierge level got one of these for free. And CIG has made it very clear that quite often things that they give us are not just always cosmetic, but they're also there to have a purpose in the game. So I'm hoping that all of you people running around with a top hat and a monocle, uh, that that monocle just becomes something more than just a monocle, that it's something that actually has gameplay value and feature value in the game. Uh, Calrati, do you have a monocle? Do you uh, own one of these Optivus Sixes? I do, and I long since forgot that it actually has potential use to it. So <laughs> you didn't give it but away, it huh? Lot, no, I still have. It makes a lot of sense though, because for example, right? For example, in like a medical, let's say um, you are uh, in the heat of battle and you are a medic. It, it may not be, you mm. know, this specific thing, but. You know, you don't want to be standing, pulling out your Moby glass and trying to diagnose the mm. person, right? You, you want to have your hands free, being able to use your eyes, your optics to potentially diagnose what's actually occurring on the battlefield. Mm. So that in case something happens, you, you're not stuck in your Moby glass trying to figure out what's actually occurring. So yeah. things like these, being able to read and collect the data, maybe in a, in a less detailed way, but something that could still assist yeah. to get the job done could be useful for those kinds of scenarios. Or maybe you could just look over look over someone's shoulder from from a long distance and, and, and see what you see where the type is on, on a mobile glass. You know, it could, it could have nefarious uses too for it's interesting. Exactly. Um I mean what they I mean they they've mentioned a variety of things here. I'm sure they could do whatever they want to with it. I'm you know right now we just kind of associate it we think of a monocle in the top hat and we just think of it as being, you know we use it as our, our um, what is it, our uh, logo for snobs, but obviously it's got more gameplay value than that, which I'm glad. I'm glad that it has some gameplay value and it's not just, an, a, a, hopefully it won't just be a cosmic uh, item in the game. Okay, let's move on to this next one. And Fastcart, you referenced this one earlier. The Reverie AR lenses approved by the EHS for extended wear, the innovative Crystal Flex material developed for the Reverie prevents their user fatigue and eye irritation while it's incorporated display constantly adjusts to your ocular needs throughout the day. Um, if you guys go to the frontline store and look at these, you actually see that they're, they're contact lenses, but they spin. You'll see them moving. And as Fastcart mentioned earlier, these are also, you see these in uh, Twitch Pacheco's eyes. When you're talking to her, they do the same thing. Um, you know, AR is interesting that they're, talking about incorporating that into the game. Um, and, you know, the store sells these. So the question is whether this will be something for us to be able to purchase and use, and for what purpose? What do we need to see 
uh, uh, alt, uh, augmented reality for? Do you guys have any ideas of things that might be worth seeing augmented reality? I think uh, Kyle, I uh, mentioned it before, like, you know, not needing a helmet to see uh, a, UI, a UI display. Mm. Okay. I think that's cool. Any other ideas yeah. about augmented reality? I'm, I'm thinking about mapping in some form, if necessary. Um, you know, if, if they're programmed out to guide you somewhere, you know what I'm saying? You guys have seen like when people, I don't want to even use stuff like um, Yu-Gi-Oh, but you know, <laughs> you know, they'll do stuff and put stuff out there that you can't see normally, you know, but you, go, you know to go to a certain place. So if you're using augmented uh, lenses, you can find a location or something that maybe without them, you wouldn't be able to see where something is. Um, I'm just trying to figure out other ways that they can incorporate their use. Uh, geocaches. Okay. Yeah. Actual map overlaid on a location. Yep. Oh, that'll work. Navigation. Yeah. Yep. Pokemon <laughs> Go. Pokemon Thank you, Ken. Yeah, Pokemon Go. <laughs> what's it? No, what's the, what's the penguin called? We'll call that Go. What's his name? Pico. Pico. Yeah, Pico Go. We'll do Pico Go. Yeah. <laughs> Pico Go. <laughs> yeah. Or um, the Noball. Heat, heat signatures. The Noball yeah, heat signatures. That's good, Go Mob. Heat signatures. Yeah, there could be a lot of different things for it. God, my phone, my watch starts talking. Um, but yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. The Reverie AR lenses. Or, you know, maybe like, uh, like, um, you, you can go old school and like you have these AR lens on and whenever you walk by someone, the, the, the name will pop up uh, uh, over their head, like, 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 uh, like an old school game. I don't know. Mm, yeah. A uh, name or information too. Yeah. 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 My AI is rising up, Jade. My, something triggered my watch and made it start yapping. I don't know. It's <laughs> telling me to move on. Is this what it's telling me? Okay. This is an oldie, but goodie. Uh, the Mew Simpod. Fastcar, could you read that one? Mew Simpod. To faithfully recreate another world, we have revolutionized our projectors, create a colorful density, more vibrant, and images more detailed to create an immersive experience never before seen in a Simpod. Okay. Now, we're going to put you all in the time machine. Back mm. in the day, way back in the day, when we only had the hangar module, we had a Simpod. It wasn't this one. It looked like it, but we had a SimPod in the hangar. And when you went, when you loaded into the game and you went into the hangar, uh, you would have your ships in there, but you had this SimPod. And the way you used to get into Arena Commander was you could get inside the SimPod and then you could launch Arena Commander. Now, back then, that's all we saw it as, that it was just there as a way to get into Arena Commander. But we have come to find out, and this is one of the cool things about CIG, Sometimes they pull the curtain back only partially while they're developing, but then later the curtain comes back further and we find out that later on the SimPod is designed or was intended to be something that you could have either in your HAB, your residence, or on your ship. And the idea of it is, is that it is also used as a place of training. Remember how we were talking about earlier how the Moby Glass was supposed to be designed to integrate real world in the game world? So the website yeah. is designed out with apps and all this stuff. Your Moby Glass is designed with apps. Fastcar talked about how uh, um, Jax was able to broadcast using his Moby Glass. Okay, the SimPod is going to be tied into what we do now in Arena Commander, so that if you want to practice with friends, if your org wants to do stuff, you will get into your SimPods in game and have simulations. 
And that way you could do things in the game without worrying about getting crime stats and all that other stuff. But now you're doing it within the game, not outside of the menu, having to log into Arena Commander, blah, 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 blah. They want you to be able to train and do things within a sim pod. And it's not probably, fast cart, not just going to be for doing combat simulations. But we could also see how a device like this could be used for vehicle training, tank training. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it could expand oh, oh, beyond flight. training, like, for how, like how, how to fly together with yep. other people. Yeah, well, I said outside of flight. I'm saying it could be for vehicles mm -hmm. or other things, too. Who knows if this becomes another version to a certain degree of a holodeck, you know, or some type of VR space that you can do other forms of training in, which we'll find out. But basically, that's why these are for sale. You can be able to get this and have this thing purchase it and install it in some other location and you'll be able to use it, okay? Now, I'll say one thing. Sure. I've seen other games have game within a game. Like Final Fantasy had like to have game within the game, but I've never seen anything with this, to, to this detail or to, to this level. Yeah, outside of an actual physical item like that that's kind of dedicated to it, which is pretty cool. Calrati, did you ever monkey around in the old Simpod back in the day? Oh, always. That is, this is how I learned and what was what's really nicely i was trying to look look back but it happened this year it was either in the monthly report or the squadron 42 monthly report where they did um mention that they have the sim pod in the single player where you can utilize it and go into either a virtual for training and such mm -hmm. so I, I was trying to find the exact the exact one that mentioned it but I think it's the, it's already at least in the single player level. It's already being utilized and tested for that. Mm. Yep. So it's really nice to see it actually coming into the game and being blended in the game in, in the game space, and hopefully eventually in the PU side as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. And last but not least, our final item here: the Strata Holosphere. Uh, let's see, you rely on accurate data to analyze situations and make critical decisions. That's why we overhauled the strata to make interfacing with our holosphere as intuitive as possible under even the most severe conditions so you can keep your focus on what matters. Um, we've seen these holospheres um, in the frontline store, downstairs in the basement, but I wonder, and Calrati, Fastcart, you guys give me your thoughts. Is this going to be the similar device that we see on ships like the Carrick and other ships that have a central display? Now, the reason why I'm asking is this. When you look at those, those um, like on the Carrick, I think the Carrick has one. Uh, there's a couple. I can't think of the other ships Carrick. that have this. They're... They're showing space. They're showing 3D space on theirs, right? <clears throat> but when you go the 600i, thank you. But when you go you. on the when you go down to the store, this actually comes up as a hologram. Like it's not like that blue line grid thing. It actually looks like a planet when you look at it. 3D model of a planet. And and even though I know that the stuff that's on the 600 and the character earlier tech, I get that. But I am curious as to whether or not this 3D look, this actual looks like you can reach out and touch it look, will be what we have on our ships more than what looks like just lines and dots. I'm hoping that it's at this level of detail. And then my question becomes, is this something that's obviously it's installable, right? I mean, is this what we're going to see that people can put on their ship or maybe in their base? 
I, I don't know. I, I would say I would say maybe you come out with, with a rudimentary one that's installed on your ship, like a really basic one, but you can upgrade it to something like like a high higher quality, uh, a high, higher fidelity, and maybe it might make it interactable, so you can just put, put, put your hand on it and 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 mm -hmm. control where it goes and what it does. Mm -hmm. I yeah. would say if my GPU and CPU are ready to be fired, <laughs> sure. Because even the the, the holographic weather texture, yeah, as we know, eats up our resistor resources. Yeah, but it hey, does. It does. I would love to see something like this. Yeah, I mean, actually, be a thing. You know, this thing is my. I mean, seriously, if you guys haven't gone down there and looked at this, I mean, it's my difference. I mean, go up and look at it. You see the ridges of the terrain and everything on this. It's not just light. It's almost a 3D model that's hovering there. And and to your point, Calrati, if they're able to pull this off so that when you pull up a moon or whatever it is, a ground facility or whatever, with the level of fidelity that they have here, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Oh, by the way, we've been saying front line, it's factory line. That's what you have. In thank the, you, in the factory, factory line. line. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that correction. I told y'all I couldn't remember what it was called. I just knew it was an F in the front of it. Jeez, okay. Thank I you. know it's line, so yeah. Yeah, factory line. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you guys go down to the factory line store. If you haven't been there in a while, take a good look at that. But I am curious to see, you know, what's going to happen with the Strata Hollister. And they talk about the fact that they've upgraded it. So maybe that this is like you said, fast card. Maybe this is the second generation of what we currently have on the ships. You might be right on point with that. Okay. Okay. Well, that is it for the tech that we're going to talk to you guys about and the AI and all that cool stuff. Um, we covered a lot of ground tonight, a ton of ground, in fact, about this. Um, but the future of AI, let me close off this talking with the uh, fast card and Cal Roddy about one of the subject before we wrap up because we're going to be right on the top of the top of the clock here. Um, what are your feelings about, you know, much anticipated is quanta, right? Quanta, quantum, quantum, quanta and quantum. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, quantum is the, is the bigger picture of it. And quanta are the things that walk around. Um, in patch three, two point in 3.20, you guys are going to see that AI are responding differently than they were, uh, previously. Yesterday, I came out of my, I live on R Corp. I came out of my hab and came downstairs. And some of you guys know that there's a bug in the PTU right now, where if you sling a rifle over your shoulder, the rifle, instead of pointing up and down on your back, it actually points toward forward. Okay. Now this is what happened, Cal Roddy. Guy in front of me comes running out of the building. And you know how when you come out of area 18, there's that food stand right there? Yeah. There were there was the there was the vendor and two people buying food. When he ran past them and looked at them, they raised their hands up and screamed and cowered. Oh yep. wow. Yep. Which has not they happened before. They reacted. Yeah. And and they cowered and did like this. And then finally he took off running and then they kind of got themselves together again. This is how the AI uprising starts. Yes, this is how it starts. This is how it all begins, right? So, um, you know, this is obviously the beginning steps of the reactions and things like that. And I don't know if there's anything else. I haven't been in the patch long enough to see what else is going on. But CIG has told us that this was coming. For people who played Cyberpunk, that was in the game. But it was also very frustrating because people, that's all they did was cower. Like when someone started shooting, Nobody ran, nobody responded, nobody retaliated. 
and we know we want AI to be much more responsive than just, you know, hiding behind a counter. We want to see a little bit more from them. What do you guys think as far as where we are? Do you think that this is, we're starting to see the beginnings of the whole quanta quantum aspects coming into the game? So, hopefully. I haven't been in yeah. P, I haven't been in PT hopefully. Okay. So I'm I'm definitely crossing my fingers, especially especially with regards to the um to the you know slight but still noticeable economy changes um within the stations. We are seeing much more um well not much more, but we are seeing not only scrap and waste anymore, but there are more commodities. So mm. um, I know that, you know, they are working towards the integration of quantum. And, you know, um, I remember my project supervisor told me once that a simulation is only as good as the is connected to it. Uh, so who knows, the simulation could be running, mm. but, you know, they have to put up all of these tags in the game, either in missions, economy, and those, and the services mm. to be able to make use of the data in quantum. Mm. And we are seeing that gradually come online. And as a result, it's, it'll be really, really, it's highly anticipated to be able to see the results of quanta coming into the game and having some kind of impact on the economy on the missions and all those things eventually. Yeah. So. We're getting there. I'm confident. Yeah. So that's that's all a longer way of saying hopefully. <laughs> well, it, I'm saying, I'm, yeah, I'm saying that it's, this is beyond hope though, because we're seeing something change actually in the game now, and we know that for the last couple of years, Tony and them have been working on bringing AI up to a new level or a new tier, and so I'm curious to see if there's more in here now, uh, because this thing was something that was, in fact. I, guys, you know, I don't plug Salty Mike too much, but Salty Mike put out a video today called 10 things in 23.20 that they didn't tell you about, and it's good. And this one, of the, this thing I just mentioned to you was not one of the things he mentioned. There are things in this patch. A lot, and we always say this, Fast Car. People always say, oh, 3.20 doesn't have nothing in it. Then the patch comes out and people are like, oh, wow, there's a lot of stuff in here. There's stuff yeah, in this every patch. every single time. There's stuff in this patch, guys, that's not in the patch notes. So take a look at his video, take a look around in the game, but that thing with reactions was not listed anywhere. And so that's why I'm asking, in fact, to your point, Cal Roddy, maybe CIG is slowly starting to creep this stuff in, right? And testing it out and we'll see where it goes. But I'm hoping that the whole AI NPC thing starts to step up its game. Cause when I was in, where was I at last night? Oh, I was at um, Seraphim station. With Vavric. Ah, right. And all the AI, guys, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, it looked like it was populated. And what I mean by mm. that is that the AI were moving around and doing things in a different way. It made the place looked alive. That's a better way of saying it. I'm not talking about they were just moving around, but it looked alive. And there were quite a few, I'd probably say there were at least eight or nine AI walking between where the kiosks are in that lobby that were doing mm. things, moving, checking their watch, their Moby, whatever, you know what I mean? It was, it felt alive. So that's why I'm wondering whether there's a little bit more going on uh, than, than what's been going on in relation to the NPCs and AI in the game. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys being here today with us. Uh, don't forget that we have soul citizens merchandise. 
I'm going to say this plug anyway, because if you're coming to Citizen Con, we would love for you to get a piece of merchandise so that we can see you. And you say, hey, he's got a Soul Citizen shirt on or a hat on um, or walking around with a mouse pad. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of merchandise there. All right. So, uh, yeah, check out our page when you guys get a chance. I do want to ask another Real favor. Free. Yes. We do have a couple of questions. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, we do? Oh, no. Let's let's go yeah. to the questions first, and then I'll come back to uh, our thing. We're at 220. Wow. Guys, we're at $2,220. We are $5. Okay. Of, so we're $30 away from our low target yeah. of 250 We can get that other 30 bucks, guys. We can make our $2,250. Someone, I, I know you guys can give us that 30 bucks tonight. Go ahead, Fast Cart. What we got for questions? So for the first one from Gomab, will the AI blades include a trade-off trade-off for ship performance when implemented? Mm. Will there be a trade-off to include to using a blade? I think trade-off is an AI blade will, won't, won't be as good as a person. I think that's trade-off. Yeah, I, see, I agree with you, Fastcart. My my thing about a blade, Gomab, is like I always picture a blade. Like let's say that me, Fastcart, and Calrati are out on a mission. And something happens where fast card gets immobilized or he's hurt and he no longer can man a turret. Then I have the option to place a blade in to replace that starboard turret until we get wherever we're going. I don't lose that turret. It gives me at least some defenses. It may not be as good as fast card was, but it's enough there so that that side of my ship is no longer vulnerable. So I always see blades as being something that can step in to fill in, but not so at a level of dependency where it becomes my complete like co-pilot or complete like I don't even want to think about getting a player. Now there may be some people who are satisfied with the performance of the blade, it, but but that performance to me is still going to be maybe a little bit less than if there's a human factor involved. But that's my two what, cents. What I'm hoping for is the different levels of blade, different tiers of blade. Like you can buy a cheapo blade that you know won't be as good as a person, but maybe you can uh, go you know. Or spend all the money on a blade and almost almost as good as a person. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there could be different tiers. I think that's a good idea, Fast Cart. You know, having different ones that you're willing, how much money, it's like like any component, right? Any component mm -hmm. you want to play for class D, class A, class B, it's a matter of what your money provides, which would be a better way are to you, do it, right? Are, are you going to get a, 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 a low tier Samsung or are you going to go to going to get the flagship Samsung. Yeah. You never know. Well, so, well yeah. your low tier one may satisfy you just for what you need for right then, right? Versus mm -hmm. the person who does want a better performance, they're willing to pay more money, but they're also paying a lot more in risk if something happens and they lose that ship. You know, these are yeah, another component. Yeah, I was going to say, LTI would not cover it. No, it's another component <laughs> that gets lost like anything else, right? So yeah, the tiering of that would be pretty cool. What else we got, FC? Uh, uh, this is from Admiral Kusanagi. We've been talking about the advantage, the advantages of using coming technology in our ship in our, and in our characters. What about tech that distorts and cancels those? Your eye tech makes you blind for a few minutes, and or your ship displays a fake asteroid or not a ship. I think talk about hacking, right? No, he's talking. I think and, if I understood him correctly, he's saying what happens if it malfunctions. Yeah, Cal Roddy, go ahead and talk about that. Like, what are the what are some like? We know that wear, for example, is something that happens with components. What are some things that could happen with? our technology that could, you know, work against us. Yeah, that's a really interesting and, and fun idea. 
because we know that over long periods of time, if you don't seek to not only repair the material or physical aspect, but change out the electronic components mm. of those things, then the AI blades or whatever that's driven by or uses, um, you know, or reflects the computations, they're going to wear out. So just like Admiral said, some really cool ideas, perhaps when you're actually doing some kind of scan in a really dark area or in a really dark side of space, it picks up something, some kind of anomaly, but it's not actually there. And mm. when you're actually trying to go through and navigate through these asteroids, <laughs> it doesn't pick up an anomaly. You know how, you, how it's always saying um, alert or something right, mm. right in front of you. It doesn't say that and you just crash in. Yeah. So, right. So that could be a very interesting aspect with, with regards to malfunctioning. And it, I, I see it as something that's very, very viable. viable. Well, how about this, uh, 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 Calrati? How about you get a torque imbalance pop up when there really isn't a torque imbalance? <laughs> oh, no, you, you get what I'm saying? Oh, I'm just yeah. saying you could get bad readings for things, right? And so, exactly. you know, you're flying and the thing tells you or it tells you that your fuel is almost out, but it's actually the component has worn down, right? You haven't yep. replaced it. So this kind of, once again, drives economy, says to yourself that I know when I buy uh, an intrepid cooler that this sucker lasts about, you know, eight jumps. After eight jumps, this thing starts to wear on me. Or, you know, there's something that tells me this thing is now at 40% performance level, then I need to go get a new one. You know, this drives exactly. the reasons for why we need to make money, the economy, sales, you know, everything, right? Ultimately, so that you just can't put something in your ship and once it's in there, you know, it's at 100% performance, peak performance all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Okay, anything else, Vascart? Nope, that's it. That's it, okay. Cool. All righty. Well, thank you guys again for your time and your participation. We are at $2,220. We're 30 bucks short. 30, 30, 30, 30 short. Come on, come on, 30, 30. Before we close out, you guys can give us that extra 30. <laughs> Three people can give 10. Six people can give five. Uh, Fast car can give 30. We'll, get, we'll figure it out. Let's, no, uh... I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fast car, watch talk about what's going on Thursday. Uh, Thursday, we have Star Talk. We talk about Star Citizen. Remember to the community, we talk about what's going on this weekend in Star Citizen. Uh, but the most important part is you, you gang, get to come in and, and talk talk with me and talk with us about what's going on. It's uh, almost a, mostly a free forum discussion. But yeah, we cover what's going on with ISC and Star Citizen Live and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. UTC. Cal mm -hmm. you got uh, Saturday? Yeah, sure. So this is the first Saturday that I'm talking about where my out. So Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Soul Voices, where we talk about a whole lot of things from the community. We pull from Spectrum. We pull from Reddit. We pull from all over, and we actually have a really fruitful discussion. Everyone is invited to come and join in, give their opinions, discuss. We have some really cool questions. And, yeah, come on in. Let's discuss and share our thoughts. Okay. And next, yeah, take me up in fifteen minutes. What, Bob? I said, "Kit, take me up in fifteen oh, minutes." Oh God! Okay. <laughs> Fast car, you got to quit going back to this old stuff that half our audience <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, last but not least, next Sunday, uh, our show that we're going to be doing is uh, called uh, Update 3.20. As you guys know, 3.20. Uh, went out to the uh, community waves one and two, um, a lot of bugs in there, but a lot of good stuff in there. And we are hoping and praying 
that uh, within the next week or so, uh, everybody will have their hands on 3.20. A lot of good stuff in there. And we really, 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 really want to be able to share with you guys our thoughts about this. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of people were saying in the beginning, oh, there's nothing in 3.20. There's nothing really there. We can tell you, gang, yes, there is a lot of stuff there. And hats out to Eva Cotti. Um, a lot of people didn't think that 3.20 was going to come out anytime soon. I, people were saying to me like, oh, is it going to come out for CitizenCon? I'm like, no, it's going to come out before CitizenCon because they got to do quarter four still. So it's important oh. that they get this patch out. And it's important that you guys get in there and test, especially master modes. Okay. I know the whole C and stuff looks great. And don't get me wrong. There's some issues with the whole C in relation to the docking procedures, but you guys really need to get in there and check out master modes as a part of the new flight mode system. And it's a big adjustment. There are a lot of new keystrokes. R does not work anymore for flight ready, y'all. Alt R. I gotta run again? Oh, come on. That's my hit (laughs) for the day. You gotta do Alt R. Cruise C does not work anymore. You have to do Alt C. There's all types of stuff in there that is changed up with keystrokes. Those of you who got your joysticks, y'all gonna be pulling y'all hair out because you gotta reprogram. But I'm telling you now, keybinds are different and everything. So when you get the opportunity to get in there and check that stuff out, do it because it'll be well worth it. Um, So hopefully you guys will be here next week. 3.2.0, 3.2.0, maybe we'll be on point X1 or something. I don't know. We'll see. But the updates are going to be coming, hopefully. But thank you to Eva Cotti for all the work you guys have done because you guys have helped expedite getting us out so we can all play the game that we enjoy. Okay. Other than that, I think that's it. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Uh, don't forget to be here on Thursday with Fast Cart, Saturday with me, and next week. I don't know who's going to be here, but we'll be here to talk about 3.20. Uh, we are going to send you guys over to Kelsar Prime. When you get over to Kelsar, give him a shout. Let him know that you came from the Soul Citizens. As we always tell you guys each week, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and as always, peace, love, and soul. See you guys later. Take care. Bye. Peace. Hasta la vista, baby. All right.